Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the planning committee. Um, before we start, before we start, could I please ask you to turn off or put on silent your phones, pagers, etc., as these tend to disturb the committee if they go off in the middle of the meeting. Also, there is no fire alarm scheduled for this afternoon, so if the bells go, it's for real, as they say. And could I ask you, if that happens, please exit by the doors, go down the stairs and assemble outside the building. Uh, can I have apologies for absence and declarations of... In of in I have an apology from Councillor Lemon. Right. Any Councillor Menel? Um, I'd like to declare personal prejudice, prejudicial interest on UTT stroke 143257 Littlebury. My son's application, I will leave the room. Okay, fine. Are there any others? Well, as I always say, if you suddenly think of something, just raise your hand so we can write it down during the meeting. Minutes of the meeting held on the 14th of January. Is it your wish that I sign them as a true record? Okay. Matters arising from those minutes, PC 57, 58, 59, 60, Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. Just to let everybody know that um, perhaps confusion or whatever, a pamphlet has been put in every Council's tray regarding extra care, and I hope everyone has read it so that there's no confusion when we come to do the deliberation for that. Uh, yes, Councillor Perry. In fact, it was posted out to those that hadn't been to their pigeonholes. So everybody in this committee should have a copy of... And I will hold it up to show you because there was a letter from it from Councillor Redfern. Right. Um, Jan. Jan's got it quicker than I have. Uh, and I hope you've all read that because it is very interesting what it says about Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 61, 62, 63. All right. Okay. Do we have any applications that have been withdrawn? All right. Then we will start off straight away on UTT 143279, which is detailed following outline at Elsenham. And Lindsay Trevelyan, you're going to take us through and uh, welcome to the committee, because I think this is the first time that you have presented to the committee. Thank you, Chairman. The first item today's agenda relates to the site known as uh, the Land North of Stansted Road in Elsinham. The site itself is approximately 6.9 hectares in size and is relatively level and is located on the northwestern edge of the village of Elsinham. It currently consists of mainly open fields with a small developed sorry with a small developed area in the southwest front on the Stansted Road which is occupied by the Essex Auto Spray. 
residential development bounds the site to the north and east with sporting fields and a residential development uh, located to the southeast, better known as Lee Drive. West of the site is Elsa Wood, which is a designated ancient woodland and country wildlife site. The application relates to reserve matters following the granting of outlying consent back in 2012, which was for the erection of 155 dwellings, 55 extra care units, land for the provision of multi-use community building and associated on and off infrastructure. The reserve matters for consideration relates to access, appearance, layout, scale and landscaping for the erection of 155 dwellings. It should be noted that the 55 extra care units, along with the provision of a multi-use community building, does not form part of this reserve matters application. The proposed scheme consists of 100% residential housing, with the proposed mix being 60% market and 40% affordable housing. The dwellings would be predominantly two storeys in height, although there are two and a half storey apartment blocks within development and single storey bungalows. Building styles within the development would range from terrace style buildings, semi-detached and detached that contain different sizes and scales and have an assorted use of external finishing materials and detailings. Just to take you through some examples of the housing styles over the next few slides. That's one of the examples of the apartment blocks, that's two and a half storeys in height. Also an example of one of the detached bungalows. Here we have uh, a number of street scene elevations, obviously showing the uh, relationship of the buildings within the development itself. As you can see, there's a detached range of variety of building styles and forms. And also some indicative artist impressions of, uh, have been provided. This is obviously the bungalows as you enter into the site off Stansted Road. And also just an artist's impression of uh, one of the leaps within the site. In relation to the assessment of the proposal, officers considered that the layout, size and scale on balance is to be appropriate. Each residential unit has been provided with sufficient amenity space and appropriate parking provisions. It is noted that the number of affordable units within each cluster is more than the allowed 10 under current policy. However, the Section 106 agreement, as attached to the outline consent, allows up to a maximum of 18 units. The proposed affordable housing provision meets the requirements of the Section 106 agreement and the mix of one, two, three, four and five bedroom dwellings across the development is also appropriate. It is considered that the proposed vehicle access leading off Stansted Road is capable of carrying the traffic generated by the development in a safe and an efficient manner and as such there will be no harm to matters of highway safety. An appropriate surface and foul water drainage strategy along with a flood risk assessment has been submitted with it that provides details of mitigation measures to be undertaken to reduce potential surface water flooding within and outside the site. The proposal would result 
in no significant harm to either ecology or biodiversity of the surrounding area and in particular Elsa Wood itself. Officers consider that the proposal would not lead to a harmful impact upon the amenities of adjoining property owners. It should be noted that since officers finalised their committee report, the applicants submitted late representations in the form of a detailed landscaping scheme. The plans, each, uh, the plans showed that each plot would have a variety of soft landscaping that includes shrubs and hedgerows and a variety of trees that include species such as Acia and Prunus. I know it's not the best, but that's just a, um, the indicative um, landscape plan there itself. Plans were referred to Council's landscape officer, who stated the submitted detailed planting scheme is considered to be satisfactory. As part of the landscaping scheme, private hedges are proposed on a number of plot frontages, which will provide, to some extent, a unifying element which is welcome. Officers consider that the proposal on balance is in accordance with both national and local planning policies and meets the obligations set out within the Section 106 agreement attached to the outline consent. It is therefore recommended that the application be approved subject to the suggested conditions. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have some speakers on this item and I'd like to start off with uh, Dr. Graham Knott. Is he in the chamber? You have three minutes. If you could just press the red button, it will put you onto the speaker system. Thank you. Madam Chairman, access was a reserved matter in the outline planning agreement granted by this committee in June 2012. I live at Hill Croft, next to the Gables, which is proposed for demolition. The plans show the access road as near as possible to existing houses in Stansted Road. My request is that it should be as far away as possible. It would then be necessary to demolish only the later addition of the east wing of the Gables if the applicants were so minded. The first impediment to visibility on emerging from the new access onto Stansted Road would be to the driver's right in the form of the long-established bush on our further boundary. Indeed, we could plant more bushes. There would be no visibility problems to the driver's left, helped by the fact that traffic from the left is on the other side of the road. Parking towards the left is extremely rare, whereas parking is frequent and unavoidable in front of the small houses to the right and is often wholly or partly on the pavement greatly increasing the problem of visibility. Safety would be compromised through access where proposed. We would have to reverse in or out across the new junction. I cannot find other examples of a road junction which is so close to private premises, certainly not on a busy road with a B designation. I believe that if the access road already existed where planned and my house did not uh, exist, then an application to build where my house is now would be rejected on grounds of proximity to the junction. 
Essex Highways assess the proposal solely against technical guidelines. They do not take account of such matters as proximity to existing houses or parking generally or of the breaches of highway code provisions on parking near to a junction which would necessarily result from these proposals. Highways comment solely on the application before them and do not consider whether the arrangement is the best available. That role, Madam Chairman, falls to this committee. A new junction where proposed must be in breach of policy SP15, which says that development will be managed so that it improves road safety and takes account of the needs of all users. To summarise, for the safety and convenience of 155 new householders, as well as a small number of existing residents, I ask this committee, as the repository of common sense, to agree with me that the new junction should be as far away as possible from the existing houses in Stansted Road and not as proposed as close to them as possible. Madam Chairman, I thank you and the committee for your attention. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, the next speaker is the Parish Council, and I believe Peter Johnson is going to speak for them today. Thank you, Madam Chairman. The Parish Council, in its response to this planning application, raised a number of concerns regarding certain proposals and features put forward by the developer. Although the case officer has acknowledged the Parish Council's comments, the Council felt it would be helpful if certain of these concerns are highlighted to members of the Committee. On the matter of site drainage, both the surface water and foul water drainage system proposals for the development have been of concern to the Parish Council. However, of particular concern has been the disposal of surface water in that it will be discharged into a nearby off-site watercourse whose ownership is unknown. Thus, there is no responsibility for ongoing maintenance and clearance. In recent years, the watercourse has become blocked and been the cause of flooding into Station Road. Whilst the Parish Council accepts the point that it is unreasonable for the developer to resolve these drainage issues, the Council nevertheless considers that in this type of circumstance, the various agencies responsible for surface water and flooding must be proactive in their approach to planning applications and ensure that surface water and its drainage, once the water has left a site, is also properly managed and maintained to avoid instances of flooding in the future. Any assistance that the District Council can provide in context with the other agencies on this matter would be appreciated by the Parish Council. On the matter of open space land, as highlighted by the case officer in his report, although there is no principal open space land within the development, two pieces of open space land are to be provided on the eastern and southern sides of the site. Unfortunately, it appears that neither the previously signed Section 106 agreement nor the developer's planning application provides any clear information as regards ultimate ownership of the open space land or who will have the responsibility of ongoing management and maintenance. The Parish Council considers open space land and its proper maintenance is important in order to avoid untidy and neglected public areas 
to develop over time. In this respect, the committee is asked to put in place the necessary provisions for the open space land should the application be granted. In the matter of the two and a half storey dwellings, it's been noted that five of these type of dwellings are to be included within the development in order to provide apartment accommodation. The Parish Council has definite concerns over the introduction of this type of high building and disagrees with the case officer in his view that they will not be visibly intrusive. These dwellings are effectively three-storey dwellings, however the developer may choose to describe them, and the street elevation drawings clearly show them to be of a height and a width that will dominate the street scene. It's also been noted that in a large-scale 130 development within Elsenham previously um, examined, the District Council opposed a similar use of this type of two-and-a-half-storey building, quoting, the scale and mass of these blocks is substantially different to the provision of houses and cannot be considered inclusive design. The Parish Council therefore considers this objection applies equally to this development currently under consideration and asks that the committee gives due consideration to rejecting the use of two and a half storey dwellings. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. And the last speaker is the applicant, uh, Mr. Martin. Thank you, Chairman. Good afternoon. I'm Sean Martin, Senior Planner at David Wilson Homes. <coughs> Members of the Planning Committee, thank you for your time today and the opportunity to address the Committee in respect of our proposals for the land, Stansted Road, Elsenham. David Wilson Holmes recognises the importance of these proposals to the wider community, but in particular to those who live close by or adjacent to the site. The principal residential development on the site for 155 units was approved by this council on the 9th of May 2013. The outline planning application was submitted in recognition of the council's identification of the land within the Schlar 2010 as the preferred location for development but also in the knowledge that there is a pressing need to deliver housing within Ottersford. The proposal before you this afternoon seeks the Council's approval on the detailed design of the scheme, including appearance, landscape, layout and scale. David Wilson Homes are fully committed to engaging with the community and local authorities in all locations, and Elsner has been no different. There has been extensive and positive dialogue with Ottersford District Council before and during the planning process. There have been communication and presentations held with the parish, council and residents throughout the entire process. The engagement with the council, parish and residents have ensured that the layout, design, highway, drainage concerns have been addressed. The proposed scheme in terms of layout, scale and design has to concur with the approved master plan and parameters plan. The approved master plan established that the scale of the residential units from single storey to two and a half storey is acceptable on the site. The proposed scheme is predominantly two storey dwelling, mix of single storey bungalows and two and a half storey apartment blocks across the site. The scheme is considered to be well balanced and reflects the size and scale of development within the village of Elsenham. The garden sizes, which are set out on the uh, plan in front of you, are concur, <coughs> concur with the Essex design guides. In terms of open space, it is set out within the 106 that the terms of agree agreement 
um, that the management of the open space is to be agreed with the local authority. And obviously that will be approved, um, subject to you approving the application before you today. We are aware of the concerns raised by the residents and the parish with regard to highways impact, including on and off-site drainage. There is only one vehicular access into the site from Stansted Road. The location and design of the proposed access has been assessed by Essex County Council and have raised no objection. The design of the access was also approved by District Council at outline stage. Issues raised in relation to congestion and impact on the existing highway infrastructure. Essex County Council have considered that proposals are acceptable and that the road network is capable of taking the additional traffic generated by the development. With regard to drainage, a drainage strategy for the scheme was submitted with the application and our drainage engineers have consulted directly with Essex County Council during the planning process. The drainage strategy has been amended in line with the comments received from Essex County Council and the revised drainage is acceptable to Essex County Council. David Wilson Homes is not only committed to building new homes and communities, we're also committed to successful apprenticeship schemes as working alongside schools and providing the opportunities for careers advice, site visits and design competitions. David Wilson Homes have constructed and developed successful schemes within Ottersford uh, in recent years including Prize Green at Takeley, former Bell Language School at Saffron Warden and the former Great Dunmo Pub Primary School. We therefore respectfully request that the members support the proposal and grant planning permission for the development on the site. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's the end of our speakers, but I've got a few questions before I bring the members in. Um, with regard to the 18 units in, uh, affordable in, 18, in one location, I presume this, this uh, section 106 was, formed, was signed before we actually put that into into action, is that correct? That's correct. I would, I would actually say this was probably the first of the major developments that we've, that we've seen go through this committee. This was the first of those, and it predated the insistence on clusters of the 10 cluster rules. Okay, fine. Well, that clears that one up. Um, could you please explain about the care facility? Because it slightly concerns me that it's not part of this, as is the open space. Um, multi, well, the multi-use community building. What is going to happen to those? When is it likely we see planning applications for them? Or what's going on? So could we just have an explanation about that? And then I've got another one. There's two, there's two bits to that. The, the section 106 um, on this planning application had a an either-or scenario whereby initially it was to provide an extra care facility and as a result of that the 40% affordable housing was reduced to 35% um, and if they could demonstrate to us that they couldn't provide the extra care, that there wasn't a market for an extra care facility in Elsenham, mm -hmm. um, then it would then default to the 40% affordable housing. They have done that. They have demonstrated to us that they've done the market in terms of extra care for Elsenham. I'm, I'm wary of the fact that we've got an extra care coming on later, but this was specifically for Elsenham. There was not a market, and the providers were not interested in the site in Elsenham. And so as a result, they had demonstrated to us that there wasn't a market, and therefore they defaulted to a 40%. It was important to do that before we had a developer on board, hence where we now got a development with 40% provision. That's the extra care bit. Okay. The second bit is the community facility is still there. Um, there is still a provision within the 106 um, of the three sites within Elsenham, that's this site, the, the site in Hall Road and the site south of Stansted Road, that they would all pro rata provide contributions toward an extra care facility, uh, sorry, 
a community facility that would be provided on this land, on the Crown Estate land, and, and the land would be provided within this site. That particular piece of land is not included within the reserve matters. Um, it, it, is, it, is, it is within the gift of the, the reserve matters does not have to carry, cover the whole site. Uh, Crown Estate have retained control of the, the land where the community facility was go, is going to go and where the extra care facility was going to go and uh, that is not part of this application and yes there will be a planning application coming forward for that there would have to be because this particular application in order to that be provided will require land to be provided and contributions towards that and that facility provided that is all tightly controlled with, in all three 106s related to the Elsenham sites but it just is not considered within this application so that although it's not mentioned today on any development it hasn't gone it's still there it's just not within it's not within the control of David Wilson Homes in terms of their submission okay and then the last one that I have was about the water courses because as we all know there's a lot of water out there at the moment the water table here is very high um, and do we have assurances I mean the county look at one respect but have we are we happy that the water course where the discharge of surface water meets all the standards? First of all, you, you will see from the consultation responses, by, both from the utility providers and mm, the, yeah. the drainage consultees, that they're all satisfied with the provision in terms of this particular site. But we do pick up what the parish say. Um, you know, this site is potentially very, very well drained. There is, a, there is an obligation upon all the other statutory consultants, both in terms of the utility providers, the watercourse team at the county, also to have responsibility to keep, for keeping their own systems clear and able to be working because an efficient building site with houses with water coming off it could expose those sites but it's, it's important and, and all I can take is take assurances from the parish that we will work with those particular agencies that they need to properly take on those, those, those responsibilities later on and they have done. Okay, fine. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Manel. Thank you, Chairman. Can I have a bit more clarity please on the maintenance of the laps and also could I have them shown to me because they're not terribly clear and also the first gentleman was very concerned about the junction I'd like a little bit more explanation of how we have that thank you uh, the laps and the leap are taken care of in the section 106 agreement uh, they have to be provided prior to the occupation of the 66th open market housing unit and then transferred to either Uttlesford or a body nominated by Uttlesford uh, which would obviously be the parish council if they wanted it and um, uh, we as we should um, state that we will maintain uh, the laps and the leaps provided they've been satisfactorily constructed in accordance with the permission so we've they must be properly constructed. We will take care of them. And there is a contribution of, just let me turn to that, £130,000 for their maintenance. In relation to the junction, obviously note that um, the concerns raised by the adjoining neighbour um, however that was what submitted for officers to assess in its current form and that's what we have assessed 
and obviously we've taken on board the relevant comments from the County Council in terms of highway safety and noted that within part of our assessment and um, yeah, obviously we found no concerns with it. Can we see it on the map? Can you illustrate that? Yes, sir. With the neighbour living right next door to it. Yeah. Has it moved since the is uh, uh, the no. um, the outline? It's, it's exactly the same position. Isn't that's correct. It? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Um, well, first, uh, a couple of concerns, and then I'd like to ask a question, if you don't mind. Well, I'm, firstly, I'm, I'm very concerned about the height of the apartment blocks, because it will set a precedent. There are no apartment blocks in, um, in Elsinore, and I'm very afraid that if this happens, and any developer that comes along in the future will say, but there are apartment blocks already there, so we can have them. And I know we have to take every application on its merit, but I actually don't find any merit in those at all. And I'm, I do welcome uh, you know, uh, one-bedroom apartments, because I feel there is a need for those, but I uh, I don't like that, and I, I, I think they're ugly, I think they're out of keeping with the village, and I'm not surprised they don't like them. Um, the second thing is, um, hang on, I to, I'm not allowed to write these down, so I have to go back. On page 19, it also says about it is recognised that residents of one-bedroom flats may be happy to forego any amenity space, although any similar provision would be welcomed. Well, I know there is some, but where does that come from? Did you go around and ask people who live in one-bedroom flats, do you mind not having any amenity space, or is that just hearsay? Uh, and on page 20... Um, the public right of way, um, it says that the developers should ask for that to be rerouted and it will now become an urban path rather than a rural path. Uh, supposing that isn't granted, does that mean that that uh, will disappear forever? And fourthly, I'm very, very worried about the impact on Grove Hill. When we had the Fairfield application, um, the inspector was very worried about Grove Hill too. And this will put extra uh, stress on that road. It is the um, shortest way. In fact, I think it's probably the only way to the secondary school. Grove Hill is a no-no. It will uh, impact on Lower Street, Stansted. It, it is an awful road. There are cars parked. You have to stop halfway up the road before you get to the traffic line. Um, in order to move they are, they are worked by the amount by traffic you know when you get there it's green it's uh, red or green or whatever and because otherwise you will crash into the cars the residence cars that are parked along the road it's a nightmare of a road it bends I have to use it regularly and I can assure you it's awful uh, and the question I would like to ask we had a nice letter from David Wilson Holmes um, saying as you are no doubt aware on Wednesday the 11th of February members of the planning committee at Atlas District Council will be asked to decide on David Wilson's Holmes planning application for 155 new homes on land north of Stansted Road, Elsinham. Please find enclosed for your information a short briefing note, which is this, which provides an outline of what is included as part of this application. Uh, and on there it says, contribution to the community building, 
On the application it says land, uh, and I think you'll know the paragraph I mean, um, when it says land for the provision of a multi-use community building and associated on and off-site infrastructure provision following the demolition and clearance of the Essex Auto Spray and associated residential property. We are then given this nice glossy brochure. We will provide up to £380,000 to fund the development of a new community building. And although you are saying it's not part of this development, it's certainly in the application here. It doesn't say that it is included. And, uh, and this 380000 according to this, is dependent on the cost, the rest of the cost, which they estimate at £1 million, uh, is borne by other developers active in the village. Uh, and that makes no sense to me. We're saying it's not here, and here it is. Uh, David Wilson's saying it is. So could I have clarification on that? And clarification of all my other points, please. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to ask uh, Mrs. Oliveira to, to um, bring in the to, to answer about the Section 106 um, and the monies and separate applications. There is provision for uh, the community building land that has to be provided, and the community facilities contribution is £380,000. That's up to £380,000. The application for the actual community building isn't part of this application, because, but it will have to be a separate, but it's on the land, and then if, if Lindsay points to the land on the, is, is that, is that so the blue section? No, it's not. I think what you've just read is correct. It's part of the outline application. So what they are actually saying is correct. So you have the outline application which has secured the provision of the affordable housing, the open space, the, the contribution towards the um, open space that Mrs. Oliver just read out, and also secured the land and the financial contribution for the um, community centre building. That will come forward. This is a subset of that outline application. This is the details in relation to the housing. So as part of this, it will trigger the requirement for the payment of the open space to be passed over as well. So it's all part and parcel of it, but it's not tied up with this application because it's tied up with the outline application. Well, I think it might have helped me and perhaps other members of the committee and certainly people sitting behind us if I had actually been on the report because I didn't know that. I was just going well, to... There, were, there was another question you had. No, I'd like my other Yeah, point. I was just going to point out those questions. In terms of the amenity space, in terms of the one-bedroom flats there, it just wasn't something that's made out of the blue. It's quoted within the Essex design guidance in the supporting text there. So you Sorry, the planning inspector told us we don't the plan the yeah, Essex design guide, and I think Mr Brown will bear me out. It's, it is a guide. It's not, not set in stone. Where it's come. That's where it's come from. That's, that's where you're asking where it came from. That's where it came from. You're right in terms of the public footpath. That would have, obviously, the applicant, if the application is approved, they would have to apply directly to the county council to have that diverted, and more or less it would be an urban footpath. And if that isn't granted, what will happen to that footpath? Is it guaranteed that that will be? If the application itself is not granted. But if the application is granted and the, the foot, footpath, Essex footpath, whoever is responsible for that, 
don't allow that to be moved, what will happen? Will they necessarily grant permission for that footpark, which I believe is well used in that, Elston? That, that's entirely up to the county to decide. That's the, something so that, we that could get be involved a lost in. footpath? No, it would not be a lost like, The footpath will either be diverted or it won't. And if it's not diverted, it will be retained in its current situation. So there's not a, the loss of a footpath is not a scenario. Thank you. And the heights of the buildings and Grove Hill. If I just, uh, this is probably the best street scene elevation, particularly the, uh, the bottom elevation, the top. The far right building is the apartment block up here. And obviously what we're looking at is the relationship with the two-storey dwellings. And officers consider that that relationship on balance is appropriate. Okay, fine. Sorry, right, sorry, no, we have you haven't finished. Sorry, the traffic in Grove Hill. In relation to Grove Hill, you approve that, or the committee approved that as part of the outline, so we can't review that now. The principle has been established of the number of units here. Yes. That was approved under the outline. <coughs> sorry, I wasn't at that meeting, well, so I didn't know that. Thank you. Right, uh, the next person is uh, Councillor Salmon. Thank you, Madam Chairman. I know there's a typist error, Madam Chairman. On garden size, on 141, it says 10 square metres. Is that a typist error, or are you granting permission for a garden of 10 square metres? And also on 148 and 149, it's 32 square metres. It's below our normal standards. It, it is a typo, just to rectify that. It should have been an extra naught on there, which makes it up to 100 square metres for that particular plot. And the, uh, the um, two properties that require 32 square metres um, uh, two-bedroom fogs and on, on balance we consider that to be appropriate amenity space to serve the needs of those residents. So that's, that's flats, uh, so they're, they're flats over garages. So it's, it's, it's a different um, criteria. Mm -hmm. So it's not the 100 square metres. Question. Is that you don't want to? Okay. Fine. The next person is Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. <coughs> I have to agree with Councillor Lachlan that those flats, the, the block of apartments, are totally out of proportion, not in any way in keeping to the area. And I'd like to know what um, uh, Lindsay thinks is appropriate. If he thinks that's appropriate... On what basis do you say it's, it's in keeping? That's the first question. Can I come back to you and say that on other developments we have allowed flats um, and we have a, an we application... We have to consider each one on its own merit, don't we? Yes, but we do allow flats in the rural villages. Um, it's not something that is a no-no. Just, just I want to put that on record, that, that we do allow flats in villages. I will, if you wish to come through my village, I'll show you quite a lot. So, um, if you've got another question, will you put your two questions at the same time, please? Yeah, um, I'm sure in your village you haven't got a three-storey monstrosity like that. If you have, then I doubt it's in the same scale. But no, you, you've it's asked. Higher. Sorry, uh, can I just finish? Then I'll ask the second question. Um, it's, I think it's totally out of keeping. Look at the, 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 the building next to it, on the bottom of the screen here. 
I mean, how can you say that relates to, the, to that one? Yeah, that's the point. Um, I noticed that the apartment blocks are all for affordable housing. Um, and again, the amenity space, uh, the communal gardens. Essex Design Guide says for two apartments, two bedroom, uh, two bedroom houses, we should have up to 50 square metres of garden. If they're communal gardens, um, do we have 550 square metres of garden around them for the communal buildings, the affordable houses? If, and if so, why are the affordable houses not, apart from two of them, not, not afforded the benefit of amenity space? Is there something wrong with affordable housing that they should be of a lesser? Um, the other thing is the, that the um, landscaping that the officer mentioned. Could you just tell me what the composition of the landscaping is again, please? I must have misheard you. I hope I misheard you. Right, I think both uh, Mr. Brown and uh, Mr. Trevelyan are going to answer, so who wants to go first? I'll chip in first. First of all, on the issue, is it's, you've got your absolute right as committee members to have a view that you don't think it's appropriate. And I, think that's, and I think some of the things you were saying when you were saying that you don't think that's appropriate were more statements than questions. I don't think it's for the, the officers to tell you why we think it's appropriate. If you think it's inappropriate, that's, that's the only question. So, I mean... I'll just follow up with your landscaping question. Obviously, we did receive some late representation plans there. But in, in terms of the uh, more or less the, the type of species, there's... Uh, you'll have to forgive me for my Latin <laughs> terminology, but uh, a number of the tree species here, we've got obviously Aceas, um, Betalia or Prunus, Sorbus, Betalia, B-E-T-U-L-A. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, shrubs in terms of jester, sound donor, yellow wave, um, and list the gum as in terms of the hedgerows. I thought you said prune tree, but you said prunus, which is far more acceptable. Thank you. Um, could I just ask, um, officers, if you could tell us, please, the distance between the, the top of the ridge of the two-storey house and the top of the ridge of the, of the two... It's what I call two-and-a-half dwellings because, actually, it's not three floors and then a roof on top. It's actually the rooms go into the loft. And I would just like to know the difference in height, please. And while that's happening, Councillor Mackman. Thank you very much, Chair. Sorry, my voice is a little bit inaudible, but uh, we'll just have to work with it. Uh, i start off by mentioning that uh, Councillor David and myself have had experience of actually refusing a, a DFO on the basis of garden sizes and then successfully defending it at an appeal. So it's quite doable. I looked at this, I've gone through the grid, I'm very pleased to see the grid, because in previous meetings we've not had these grids. I noticed that there's only five bungalows, which is insufficient. And then going through the garden sizes, I noticed that 15 of the gardens are the bare minimum or below, which is 10%. <coughs> I'm initially minded to uh, suggest that we defer this so the developer can go away 
think about his offering and come back. But if that's not agreed by the group, I would propose that we refuse this on the basis of the failure to provide sufficient bungalows and the failure to meet the garden sizes to an adequate degree. Mr Brown, could you clarify? I thought there were eight bungalows. There are eight bungalows, Chairman, yes. I could just follow up if you want to know the height difference there between the uh, apartment block B and the, the dwelling. 1.4 metres. The uh, first set of bungalows are next to the actual entrance, which is six of them in total. So the first, almost apart from its plots two to I think seven, all bungalows as you enter into the site. And the, uh, just bear with me with the other two bungalows, I'll try and exactly find out exactly what plot numbers they are. <coughs> I know there's, there's definitely other two bungalows. I can't actually find what plot numbers they are. Just give me a moment if it's possible. Gentlemen, may I suggest in future that when you have this table, you actually put to the side some code telling us whether it's a, a house, a flat, or a bungalow, because it would save us quite a lot of time in future. Hmm? Okay. 
the other two bungalows, there's one on this corner up here, one below it on this corner. If we're talking about numbering, Madam Chairman, in future, can we number the plans with some numbers on the houses so we can correspond to where they are? I think we've moved a long way forward. I, when I was saying gentlemen, I mean all of you, and sorry ladies uh, as well. If you have queries like this, it really does help if you actually phone up the officer and ask them before the meeting so that we can have absolutely clarity um, as to where, uh, where they are. But you have found them now. What numbers were they, please? Right. Okay, have we clarified that there are eight bungalows here? There is there's first six in that run um, where it says Bangalore. There are five. There was a sixth one in that run um, along that along that run along the first run on the left hand side. The, the yellow ones on the left of this plan. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Okay. We've got the answers there. Uh, right, uh, I've got Councillor Can next. I, I did actually say that I was uh, considering proposing a deferral, so the developer. A deferral, or have you had enough um, answers to your question? Uh, yes, I would like to prefer, propose a deferral on the basis of the garden sizes. How many garden sizes are actually um, under under size? Uh, do you have a seconder for that? More to the point. Councillor Kent, you wish to second that? If there is a likelihood that there might be a deferral, I would like to speak prior to you that. Can't. Because you can't. One of the things I is there a seconder I've asked for, and I have so far not had a second for, for a deferral. Right, then there can be no more conversation about this, and we have to go to the vote on deferral straight away. So all those in favour of deferral, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those against? One, two, three, five. four, five. Any abstentions? Right. It is deferred, but I would like to ask that this comes back as soon as possible because I feel that, this, that, that we need to clarify for everybody's sake um, this particular subject. Right, we will now move on to the next item on the agenda. Which is UTT 143295, also detailed following outline. And Mr. Taylor, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chairman. This is on page 33, um, an, application, an application in Takeley. Um, you remember that 
you granted consent for an application um, on this site um, next to Brewer's End in Takeley um, for 100 houses and 6.3 hectares of public open space. So a significant amount of public open space as part of this proposal. So, so as part of the, the outline application that secured the open space, the contributions in relation to that, um, the affordable housing and, and things such as that. So this is an application now brought forward with the details in relation to the housing scheme. Uh, the access point um, is, is the same and the overall general layout is, is very similar to the, the concept scheme that you saw at the outline stage. So there is one access um, shown here that's um, in the same location as, as in the outline um, the, the, the dividing line here between the housing and the open space is in the same location so that the open space is tied up with the section 106 from the outline so the, what the applicants have done is designed a scheme so you've got housing uh, on this side looking out over the open space you've got housing fronting, uh, fronting the main road and then a number of smaller roads within the centre of the scheme um, forming a, a grid and I, I was criticised by Councillor Eastham and I do apologise for the uh, uh, paragraph 3.2, the rectilinear grid on predominantly shared surface streets. It's, it's a way of describing the scheme um, but I had to uh, uh, explain the, the, some of the meaning. So what we have, what we have is, as, as I said, a, a range of a street patterns here. The main street coming in, turning into a central area, um, which is uh, some slightly higher properties in, in this area, and then some smaller shared surface streets leading off that, which are a, a smaller scale in their design. Um, the, so it picks up the, the detailed elements of the outline consent. Um, just so you remember, this is a previous scheme that you granted. That's on site at the moment for countryside properties. Um, so it's, it extends further out in relation to that. Um, so if I turn to the, the, the main bit of the report, which starts um, at page 37 to 38, um, you'll see that um, officers refused an application on this site um, and since then there have been further discussions with the applicants. Um, those discussions have um, been successful and uh, we consider have overcome the reasons for refusal. Um, again, um, the, the table is there on, on page 39 um, that Councillor Mackman referred to the previous table, which sets out that the car parking provision is in accordance with the standards and all the car parking is now um, uh, allocated to properties. And the garden sizes are, with the exception of those I've listed in paragraph 10.8, there are four um, that don't meet the standards, and those four we consider acceptable. They, they range from 94 square metres to 99 square metres, so very close to the 100. But obviously the other thing to consider is the over six hectares of open space, very close um, to the proximity of, of the dwellings. Um, so overall the, the scheme is considered to be acceptable um, in line with the um, section 106 that's been signed. Um, there are a range of house types and house sizes, both in terms of um, semi-detached, detached, detached um, bungalows um, throughout, throughout the scheme. You see the bungalows on the bottom there, as well as um, an apartment block in here. It's on the right-hand side, so you can see, see the scale is very similar um, to the scale of the rest of the dwellings. Um, 
I mentioned within the centre of the site, to, in terms of that, that, that core centre, there are some um, taller buildings which give um, a sense of place within the centre, but around the edges they are all two-storey dwellings. Um, and then the, you see within the plan here, the, the, the page 39 of the table, the affordable housing requirement, they are split um, well within the site in this location, in this location um, and over here. So split well within the site which meets our, um, our policy of dispersing around the site. In terms of conditions, there is one extra condition that I'd like to add, condition five, which is to do with levels on the site to ensure we have um, sufficient control in relation to that. It is an agricultural field at the moment, it is relatively flat, but um, because of the change of topography and the local road network, you can see the site, so we want to ensure that it is feathered in well, so a slab level condition I would suggest adding to the, uh, the range of conditions set out on page 41. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. We have no speakers, but I have a couple of questions to ask. Um, I'm glad that we are going to put on the slab level because we, I am concerned, as is the parish council, with the three-storey houses, and I would hate to see those suddenly come and sit on a large, like a slight hill, as opposed to being as, as put down as far as possible. What does concern me is landscaping and also the fact that all along the front here is actually highways land and the trees on going down the road actually belong to the parish council. They were planted with permission from highways. Now, uh, those are very well maintained and they are a beautiful entrance to the village. And I do want to make sure that we have adequate controls and conditions making sure that these trees don't suddenly vanish um, as some trees in our village have vanished overnight in the last 48 hours. Um, so I want to make sure that's okay. A couple of the branches, and it is mainly not on the site here, but it's mainly where the, um, this is upside down as far as I'm concerned, it's not been done a bob, but um, going down the hill where, the, where the, the garden park, if you look where you go down the hill, here, it's not on the map, but this is where all the, the, the land is going to be for recreation. That is where the majority of the trees are, but there are a couple of trees further up to where the entrance is. Can we make sure that those trees are not touched? Is the question I am asking. Um, well, in terms of conditions on this application, no, because this application is only for this boundary. You said yourself that yep. the trees are outside this boundary on highways land, so are not covered by this application. Now, in theory, the Essex County Council's Highway Authority can do what they like to those trees. They're not covered by this application in itself, because this is an application and we're controlling what's happening on this land. So. They may be very important, I don't disagree with you on that, but in terms of this application, they're not relevant because it's not on this site. However, what we can see is, in terms of this indicative landscaping, they're proposing to set the houses off this side, yeah. they're fronting onto it, yeah. they're putting extra landscaping there, so I don't see why they'd, they'd want to do anything, but it's, without, it's outside our control because it's not on the site that we're talking about. 
Okay, I think one of them might be inside the site, but we so we can't do anything. Uh, do we have a uh, landscaping agreement here? The landscaping has to be agreed before anything is done. Um, yes, that's part of the outline consent. Um, there's a condition, condition 11, um, deals with the um, the, the soft and uh, soft landscaping in relation to this and also um, there's a further condition regarding biodiversity mitigation and enhancement on the site as well. So there are a number of conditions and obviously the reserve matters for landscaping both in relation to the housing and in relation to the site next door would come forward as a reserve matter that hasn't yet been submitted so it would be something else that would come back to you. Right, which does concern me because we're, if we're minded to approve this, we're approving it without a landscaping condition within the, within the site. We have to wait for the next bit to get it. Or are you telling me that this all that we can see is within this condition, or is this covered by the out? Um, we haven't got the details, but they are covered by condition. So they they're covered by a condition on the outline application. So they have to be um, submitted. Landscaping is one of the reserve matters. So they, would ne they need to be submitted. What we have here is a demonstration that the garden sizes are compliant in all but four that I've mentioned, and there is sufficient space um, as part of the, the highway roads within the site to, uh, to plant additional trees and then obviously the landscaping of the 6.3 hectares of land as well but that would come forward as a as a further submission okay fine thank you and you've got four sites which are slightly under with regard to garden size they're just four i mean they are very much the very small percentage which is is under correct uh, yes, that's right. Set out on paragraph 10.8. Okay. Yep. Fine. Right. Uh, Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Relating to your comments and <coughs> questions about landscaping, um, first of all, could we hear what the landscaping condition in outline application was? Outline application, uh, the uh, condition 11, and how does that relate to what we are now approving, which is detailed application for this site that there's nothing on on here, no conditions on here which mention landscaping. I don't understand how one can say okay, it's it's um, it's alright to, to say yeah, we'll look after landscaping but then not detail it in the detailed application. Could you explain please? And why is there no landscaping on the whole site? So, uh, if I take you back to planning basics. In terms of outline applications, what you can do as an applicant is submit an application and reserve, yeah. as you appreciate, a number of details. Yeah. And they are set out by government, things that you can submit or the things that you can reserve. One of those is landscaping. Mm -hmm. um, and the original outline application, the applicants chose at that time to reserve um, most things, but, right. but also reserved landscaping as part of that. Okay. So that means that it's reserved for a future consideration. So we've approved on this site, as we have done on the previous site, the principle of development, and obviously there was an indicative outline master plan. As part of that, though, we secured the red line saying the demarcation between the housing land and the open space, and that was then tied up in the legal agreement. So. We, so the legal agreement secures the provision of the open space and financial contributions. Then within the housing land, 
there is all, uh, and and the, the open space condition one of the outline consent says approval of the details of the layout which we have scale which we have landscaping which we don't have and appearance which we have shall be obtained from the local planning authority so they have to submit to us the details of landscaping to discharge condition one and there is a time limit on submitting those in addition to that um, condition um, 11 details the this is more to do with the the main bulk of the open space and is looking at uh, details of earthworks grass areas species number spacing of trees and shrubs on the that's on the yeah on the left hand side but not related that's, so condition 11 relates to the open space not to the site no it does well the whole thing is the site it, it does relate to the housing as well but that's mainly covered by condition one the reserving of the landscaping for future future situation right, but we have no details of landscaping to be approved now correct that's right so when do we get these that's that would be a separate application when the applicant wishes to come forward with those to be submitted to us so, Madam Chairman, he cannot start the works according to Condition 1 on the outline application Correct. until he submits it. Uh, Correct. Detail. Until we've approved them, not just submitted them. I think the word approval, actually. We have to approve it. It's not that he submitted it. He has to, we have to approve it. He cannot start working no. until we can approve this. Yes. He can't start working until he approves Condition 1 on the outline. Yeah. to be called quite so <coughs> I was wondering if we could put an informative to the effect that I mean this again we've got a developer that's cut it very very fine on garden sizes I mean you know four bedroom houses with 101 square meters or 100.24 square meters but obviously that's not grounds to refuse uh, I wouldn't suggest it uh, I am actually minded to support the officer's recommendation and uh, recommend that we approve this. But, uh, as I say, I think that developers should be uh, made aware of the fact that we'd like to see proper garden sizes. That was approval, was it? That was a proposal for approval. Do I have a seconder for that, please? Councillor Kant, do you wish to speak now? And do you wish to both um, of you put yes, on... The, the only look, we've had a suggestion going. of a slab level. Are you happy to put that on as well? The, the presume it's a block of, block of flats in the bottom right-hand corner. That that is is that a block? It says that it's communal and has 155 square meters. Yes, that, that's right. So for mm. 10 flats. <coughs> What we have here is we have an amount of open space al along this, the back here. Um, and yes, it, what we've had looked at is obviously the relationship to the large amount of open space that's part of the scheme, you know, the 6.3 hectares of open space that's part of the wider scheme. Um, and the immunity space directly in relation to the flats is in this location. My concern about that is that four of them are two-bedroom flats, so that they're probably going to have children in them, because you don't get a bedroom flat from the council, a two-bedroom flat, unless you um, can justify the second bedroom. And so it could...
could mean that we, we have four children trying to play in that space. And I know when we visited the housing development in Saffron Walden, where people had children trying to play on 12 square feet of garden, um, that it, you know, they said basically they couldn't let the children out of their sight. And it's all right saying, well, there's open space, but if you've got a small child and you want to get on with the ironing or something, then you do need a bit of open space outside so that the child has a little bit of freedom. Otherwise, we have two or three story flats with children who are virtually confined indoors all the time unless they're let out supervised. And that is, is totally inadequate for a child these days. I'm pleased that the, there, is no, um, there are no parking courts, that each individual plot has its own parking. I think the previous application was totally misconceived when it says that parking courts give a car-free environment. As we know from Flitch Green, they do exactly the opposite because everyone then parks in the street. Um, but I do have concerns about such a small amount of space for 10 flats. There's, there's an almost equal amount of space, or slightly less, for a couple of flats. Um, for three one-bedroom, uh, sorry, four one-bedroom flats get 103 square metres. Here, it's 155 for 10. And none of the previous ones are two bedrooms, whereas four of these are. So I, I do think that's, I don't know whether it could be swapped for somewhere else where there's a bit more space, but I wouldn't want to put a child in any of those flats. This is uh, the affordable housing area, and I presume there are under 10 units there. See, so where are the other affordable areas within the site? Because it's very hard to tell from this map. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I can't actually read the numbers. Chairman, 65, 66, they are, 7 and 8 mm. are affordable houses. It's they about are. a communal so garden the, of 103 square metres. Yeah. Um, at least in this chart, we can see how much area is allowed for the communal uh, buildings. Yeah, I understand that. I'm but saying, where the are they on this couldn't. plan? It's very hard to tell. If you can read the numbers, I can't. Sorry, Chairman, they're, they're in this area here. Um, there's some in, on, on the corner here, some in this area. Um, that's the other unit of um, flats that Councillor Kant replied, uh, referred to here and in this location here. So they are spread out mm. um, around the site. But there is really not a lot of room around any of them. Well, yes, they all. Well, not in terms of moving them. I mean, obviously, we can't redesign a scheme in a, no, no, in a no. committee. You know, we can't, so it's not just you can't just move things around. But all the other garden sizes, apart from the ones I mentioned, meet the requirements. Yes, well, they're the market houses, as I think Councillor Count said once a long time ago. We have to look after those that are unaffordable because they don't buy their properties. No, well, the affordable ones, the other ones, as I said, if you look at our, uh, numbers 32 to 37, they all meet or exceed the requirement. Mm. And you turn over again, um, you know, 47 to 50. So they're all, they are all, there isn't that, that separate, the difference mm. between the market and affordable. 
Right. Um, Councillor Lachlan, you are next on the list. We will pause on... It's been answered. Okay, I have... Yeah. Oh, sorry, Councillor Salmon, didn't see you there. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Would it be possible, Madam Chairman, next time we get our bundle of paperwork, that we could have a site plan included in our paperwork so we can actually see it in front of us? And if possible, put some numbers on it, even only one or two around the site, so we can see where they all are. Chairman, as you appreciate, all the, when you get the, the agenda emailed to you, there's direct links from that to the website where all the plans are available, and you can see it in detail. Sorry? We can't bring those to the meeting with us, therefore we don't have yes, them to refer to Yes, you can download from the website. Unless I've done it. Unless us all have one of your computers. I mean, well, you that. should be. I think on any computer you can download from the website. Yes, but Madam Chairman, when we get all the other paperwork sent to us, one more sheet of paper is not going to be worried to anybody. Well, I'll, I'll take it up with the officers, but you Sorry. can get it on, on, online. Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Well, with some of us, uh, our contract for the computer line runs out at the end of the month. So we won't be able to go onto the website if we don't have a computer other than the uh, councillor's one. Although I do believe there are dongles, so I don't know if they will. <laughs> you're lucky you're... Sorry. Uh, my, my, my contract ran yeah, out about so three years ago, so I've had to do it myself for some time. Well, I but, mean... But, and I daft. still can download it. No, well, it's daft to have two computers in the house, so we've only got the one. Okay. And uh, so that will be a barrier to our downloading. Right. Okay, Councillor Davey. Uh, my particular observation is that the area that seems to be of concern is pretty much adjacent to the Flitch um, Way uh, footpath, and I presume there's access to that. Um, and also, it's, they are well away from uh, the main road. So I don't have a problem with it. Can I just um, ask the officers whether there is going to be access to the countryside development next door? Because I believe this area here... That's a balancing it? pond, Chairman. Ba so is it a dry balancing pond or a wet one? Oh, pass. I mean, that, this, this one here, on the, the, this balancing one. pond on the, on the next scheme over, one. but that's, that's, that's enclosed, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, but I'd, I'm, I'm I sorry, can't I tell cannot you which way remember it is. whether no, it's no. dry or wet. That's. Hmm? It gets wet when it needs to be, Chairman. Yes, that's it right. It's called out. a dry balancing pond. So. Okay, fine. But we don't know whether there's any access towards that. You are correct, Councillor Davy. You can get onto the Flitchway, but I don't. I don't know if there is an access onto the Flitchway going to be made at that point. Uh, okay. Now it has been proposed and seconded for approval, along with a slab level agreement. Um, and as we have realised, we can't do the. the, the we are covered by the outline landscaping. The detailed will come later. And Councillor, you wish the last word. Yeah, just to clarify, the detailed landscaping application will come to us for approval, not just to the officers. Thank it you. will come to us. We will request it as of now that the detailed comes to us. Yeah. Committee decision on that. Okay, it has been proposed and seconded for approval. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I, I'm um, abstaining. Thank you. Okay.
Right, the next one is UTT 143182 full. And can we have a housing officer at the table too, please? No. Why? Well, I was told that somebody from our table is not part of it. Um, Emmanuel, you're going to start us on this one. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon. This application is before you today. It was deferred in January, and the main issue has already been uh, covered in your committee report. Uh, may I refer members to para, paragraph uh, 3.2? to 3.5 referring to the scope of the definition of extra care. This is what I will be presenting to you today. Thank you. You're not going to say any more than that? Can I answer? Right. Um, Yes, Mr. Taylor would like to. Sorry, there, there's one update to the report on page 53, which is the addition of the healthcare contribution as part of the 106 um, that just needs to be added in um, on one of the heads of terms on I as a healthcare contribution. Okay, we have one speaker who is Dan Reed, and I think he's from the East Thames, which is the applicant. Thank you, Chair. I'm Dan Reid, Head of Business Development at East Thames Housing Group. East Thames has been working in close partnership with Uttlesford and Essex County Council to deliver this much-needed extra care facility for the over-55s. East Thames currently have over 15 older persons housing schemes in management, and the most recent extra care scheme in Gideon Park won the Sunday Times Housing Award. East Thames are committed to continuous improvement and getting the offer to our residents right. The design team for Radwinter Road have experienced developing high-quality extra care schemes and have taken on board the experiences of developing the award-winning Gideon Park scheme. We've also worked closely with Extra Care Charitable Trust, who are specialists in this field, to get a third-party opinion on the design and concept of Radwinter Road. The extensive design input on what works has ensured the internal layouts for this scheme has been developed with a strong focus on residents' experience. Radwinter Road has a number of well-planned communal areas and facilities, including a restaurant, coffee shop, beauty salon and therapy rooms to promote a sense of well-being and also to encourage social interaction with other residents. Visitors to the development can also benefit from the well-planned shared facilities, creating a sense of community to this new mixed-tenure neighbourhood. 
I want to talk briefly on the concept of extra care and how it's staffed and managed. Extra care housing is sometimes known by other names such as close care, very sheltered housing, assisted living, retirement housing or easy living. But what all these names have in common is they provide a more intensive level of support than standard sheltered housing for older people who need some personal care and support but who want to retain a degree of independence and are able to live safely on their own. An extra care housing scheme is usually a group of apartments built on the same site providing specialist accommodation and support services that are available 24 hours a day. The apartments can either be rented or bought by an individual or by a couple. Older people living in them enjoy the freedom and independence of having their own front door and the peace of mind from knowing staff are available if they are needed. The level of support, the level of support received can vary according to needs and typically includes a visit from a carer in the morning to help someone out of bed, get washed and dressed or into bed in the evening. In some circumstances, extra care housing is particularly suitable in meeting the varying needs of a couple, one of whom may require specialist care and support whilst the other may have low or no care needs. Staffing an extra care housing scheme. There are two sorts of staff within an extra care housing scheme. One group is employed by the housing provider and they look after the building, organise and tenancy contracts and sort out any problems with the flats themselves. The other group of staff are care staff. The care received will be part of a personal care and support plan agreed between the older person, social services and the care and support provider as a result of a needs assessment carried out by social services. East Living will provide these services on behalf of Essex County Council and will work closely with partners to develop a bespoke model to suit the varying needs of our future residents. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, before we start, I'm going to ask um, <coughs> Doug Mullins to just come and sit over here in case we have any other questions that the members wish to ask because uh, you are part of the housing. Um, I think... We've heard from you before. You're part of the housing department. Right, now, where am I going? Right, uh, Macma, sorry, <laughs> Councillor Macman, I saw your hand first. <laughs> and then, could you, the rest of you put your hands up because I didn't know, you put them down so quickly. Thank you. So there's Hicks, Ranger, Perry, Perry, and Okay. Thank you. I, I remember when we uh, first considered this at uh, the outline decision stage, we considered the impact of the building on the, on the surrounds. And looking at that, I mean, I like the way it is broken up to some extent by the different materials that appear to be used. <coughs> Excuse me. I had wondered whether it would be possible to uh, incorporate any other types of mosaic or painting or anything like that to try and break up the uh, outline even more. But that as it stands is actually quite an attractive block. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to have the visual impact that I was anticipating. Uh, as such, because it's a um, development that the area needs very much, I would be prepared to uh, support the officer's recommendation and propose that we approve it. Do I have a seconder for that please? Councillor Count, would you like to speak? Just to say that um now that the explanations have been given, I'm happy. I, I like the design too. I think what, what this design does achieve is balconies for elderly people to sit on in cold weather because they're quite protected and that's what elderly people like to do. Right, the next person on the list is Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I was one of the uh, members who... Um, made quite a noise about this particular um, proposal at the last meeting um, precisely because I didn't understand what extra care housing actually meant and uh, 
having seen this excellent brochure leaflet which has been now been circulated to members uh, had I seen that beforehand I would not have opposed the scheme so vigorously at the last meeting and um, we might have saved um, if all of us felt the same have uh, saved the uh, committee and uh, some time uh, so I am um, very grateful to receive the leaflet and but do suggest if we've got information like this available it, was, it would be better if we could make it available prior to the uh, um, proposal being considered Thank you Councillor Higgs Councillor Ranger Thank you Chairman um, as mover of the proposal to defer, um, I can confirm I'm satisfied now that uh, my concerns have been removed. Um, the aesthetics of the building were never in question, were never debated before, and are secondary to the fact that this is an important functioning building, and uh, that was the, the prime concern that I expressed. Thank you. Councillor Parry. I would like to echo the comments of my colleague, Councillor Ranger. But I would also like to thank the officers for the construction method statements that now are appearing on the conditions that we have requested for some time and now are coming to fruition. Councillor Miller. Chairman, it's purely on conditions with relation to the archaeological zone. Is there any protection in the conditions of this archaeological, archaeological zone? Thank you. In terms of the heritage impact, um, if, if paragraph 10, uh, paragraph 10.15 uh, of your committee report concluded that, uh, uh, given the the nature of uh, the heritage asset, that, I mean, sorry, let me take you back again. Paragraph 10.18 of your committee report. The excess historic environment records identifies two archaeological monuments within this site boundary. These relate to 19th century railway line and later 20th century railway settings. And both of these monuments are considered to be of little archaeological interest. The proposal on that basis, um, they, don't felt, they didn't feel that it's appropriate to condition anything. Jan, can you put your mic on, please? I was looking at 11C in the conclusions. Microphone, please. Sorry. At the time when this particular report was uh, put forward, it, we were actually waiting for the archaeological um, officer's comments. So that has been overtaken, and therefore, on balance, with um, the senior historical officer concluded that there will be no heritage implications. So therefore, there will be no condition. Thank you. Uh, are you saying that the county archaeologist has said there is no need to do any desktop, even desktop survey on this particular site because it will only be Victorian railway as opposed to old? That's how I read it. So yes, ma'am. Uh, based on the um, heritage status. 
I think sometimes Victorian is quite important too, but um, we have to persuade County of that. Okay, it has been proposed and seconded for approval with all the conditions here with the addition of money for the National Health England contributions. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Okay, that's fine. Right. Um, the next one is UTT 3506, which is also detailed following outline, and this is in Newport. And Mr. Fearbold, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chair. This application has come back to committee on the uh, decision by members last time around to refuse the application on layout grounds, particularly to do with parking, where there was um, excessive tandem parking at the front of the site and also there was uh, additional uh, tandem parking on plot. Uh, now, as a result of uh, that decision, the application has been redesigned and it's been uh, discussed pre-application stage, whereby now the layout, um, as you see here, um, now removes the tandem parking uh, Vista parking at the front of the site and also on plot and also to accommodate those changes uh, the dwellings have been reduced from 23 down to 21 therefore a reduction of two across the site. Now as a result it has a more relaxed site layout. The essence of the scheme remains the same in terms of the market housing and the affordable housing although as a, a result of the reduction of two units one market housing unit and one affordable housing unit has been removed. There's been a slight adjustment to the parking courts at the top of the site, uh, which, uh, as you can see there, uh, is a fairly modest informal car parking area adjacent to the River Cam towards the rear on the right-hand side. Um, as you come in round that bend, um, the first bend, that has now been uh, set back, so you now have uh, better frontages uh, and more green space. Uh, so, in terms of the original reason for refusal, um, members feel now that that um, concern has now been overcome, whereby the, the parking remains compliant in terms of parking provision and uh, parking base sizes. Similarly, the amenity space for all of the dwellings complies with um, uh, amenity standards and uh, therefore um, it's the case that as far as uh, officers are concerned this represented scheme uh, now um, is uh, an acceptable scheme in terms of site layout. Uh, the house types are the same as before 
as you saw before, so a mix of styles and uh, palettes um, across the site uh, where the affordable housing units um, are architecturally blind to the, the market housing, so there is no uh, distinction or uh, uh, effective uh, segregation there. Uh, this is the this is the parking layout. The, the yellow um, indicates the visitor parking. As you can see, it's gone from the front of the site. Just to recap uh, what is on site, the glass houses have now been uh, all but removed and you've now got this um, level site. Uh, this is looking towards the southern end of the site. The river cam is on the left-hand side. Uh, so, Chairman, uh, we feel that the um, reason for refusal has been overcome and that uh, this application as a revision can now be approved. Thank you. Now we have some speakers on this and I'll start with Councillor Parry. Thank you. You've all received by email the consultant's report on the ground condition of this site, which was published in February 2014, and also a summary and photographs showing repeated flooding and standing water. The unresolved issues from this report include two different types of flooding, pollution of the site, and the ground being too soft to take the weight of houses. Concerning the foundations, the engineers say the ground is alluvium whose bearing properties are poor in nature and would therefore be considered unsuitable as a founding stratum for the proposed development. They do say that deep down there is more solid ground, but this would mean excavating down three metres and it would be hindered by running sand conditions and it would be completely underwater. The engineers, of course, confirm what you see in the photos, that groundwater is close to the surface across the whole site. So the work would be 10 feet down with soft sides falling in with water above head height. Their report rules out a floating slab construction because the site has an old watercourse across it and is too variable. They say that piling might be considered but was not in the scope of their report. On a polluted site above a protected aquifer, anything going deep is of concern. The engineer's report was not available when outline permission was granted, so the committee may take the view that this is new information which should have been produced earlier and which should now be considered. The committee must have an overriding duty of care and also a duty not to approve developments which may not be deliverable. On flooding, the officer says that last year flooding only occurred at the rear of the site. Actually, the river cam overtopped the site and a great deal of it was flooded. You've been sent the photographs. The sewage works upstream was discharging raw effluent from over 2,000 people into the river with obvious consequences. The applicant's response is to build the houses higher but offers no solution to the flooding and pollution of the area. Newport suffers regularly from flooding and in two years has had four one in a hundred year floods and one over a thousand year flood. So please do not rely on desktop statistics from the Environment Agency. The other type of flooding is caused by the unsuitability of the ground for soakaway. The engineers could not complete their soakaway tests. A nearby resident this week reported that the site has had water on it every day since it was cleared in September. 
September, you will recall, was the driest month ever recorded. Why has the applicant not got the required drainage plans published in the application documents? They've had plenty of time. They now say they will do a SUDS system. These require ponds or underground tanks and mechanical release mechanisms and vehicle access for tank cleaning and maintenance. But every inch of this site layout is occupied. So where would these go? The officer is seeking your agreement to this application without having drainage documentation available on time for full and considered scrutiny, including by statutory bodies. The request is, pass this now with a condition and the officer can sign off the detail later without anyone else needing to look. The officer's report, para 5.2, says this application includes drainage. Therefore, it's your responsibility and I urge you not to delegate this decision. Further, the committee has to decide on layout. How can you do this without a fully reviewed site plan showing how all the SUDS arrangements would fit onto the site? A brief word on pollution. The soil contains a carcinogen, lead, asbestos and rising gas. I have three requests for the committee. The engineer said to remove the soil down to one metre. Please ask the applicant why their remediation report only has removal to between 0.4 and 0.6 metres. The engineers recommend contamination-resistant water pipes and three other pollutant-related protections for the houses. Please can these be included as conditions. The site holds many thousands of tonnes of polluted water which will need to be pumped off. Therefore, will the committee ask where this water will be discharged and will they please add a condition preventing it going into the River Cam? Finally, Bloor are offering a free gift to UDC of some of the houses in lieu of affordable housing contribution. Could I suggest that the committee may well be advised to say no thanks to this offer? Thank you. Thank you. And the next speaker is Councillor Ruth. Thank you very much. Uh, do forgive me for not wearing my jacket. It is exceptionally hot. So thank you. And you're allowed to sit down, uh, Councillor Rose. We normally have people sitting down here. Exactly. We prefer them to sit down when they're doing their presentations. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Uh, as a matter of course, yep. I do stand in front of my peers, but okay. thank you. I will take your advice. Um, uh, may I uh, concur and thank Councillor uh, Parry for her comments? Um, Drainage and, and flooding, I, as you may know, um, live in a housing association house and uh, we had to have a very expensive sewage pump and water pump uh, put into Balka Close because uh, of the problems of flooding and uh, sewage. It's exceptionally expensive. It costs uh, each household something like £35 a month. Um, it doesn't make it affordable from that point of view. However, I must commend the uh, developer for um, allocating eight affordable housing. We do need more in uh, Newport, and I thank them for putting that in. But my main concern is the loss of business premises. Um, as you may know, that, uh, and from the briefing notes, um, a quarter of the uh, business use on that site has been uh, taken to Clavering. Uh, very detrimental to the business environment. It means that we have lost within the environment of uh, Newport good business traffic, 
good business sites and uh, the shops and uh, residents have lost a focus for jobs and uh, employment. I wonder if the uh, committee would uh, defer this um, application in the fact that uh, no allocation for subsequent business premises have been uh, uh, allocated, nor have the uh, businesses been given uh, sites in Newport to compensate for that, and Newport itself hasn't been compensated for the loss of business and retail premises. So, if, uh, and I would urge the developer of putting in dual-use houses so that small businesses could use the lower floor for um, small business office use and maybe live above or next to the actual office itself. It would be incredibly useful. We live in a very um, transigent working environment where you can live and work at home and I would uh, urge the uh, committee to consider that and maybe put this back and defer it. Um, like I said, I uh, know the issues over flooding. It's not a minor point here, um, but if we could defer this, sort out the flooding, sort out the issue of the pumping, sort out the uh, uh, compensation for the loss of business, I would much appreciate that. Thank you, Councillor Rose. The next one is uh, Andrew Westby, who is actually a supporter. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on this. I'm the technical director of the engineering consultants appointed by the applicant to deal with uh, engineering matters. I'm a chartered civil and structural engineer with 25 years or more experience mainly dealing with uh, projects similar to this. We're aware of issues that have been raised by various interested parties in respect of the site drainage and ground conditions and welcome the opportunity to clarify and justify the design philosophies employed. Uh, looking at surface water drainage, the drainage strategy for the site does encompass the SUDS methodology but as, as is acknowledged in uh, published guidance, this has to be appropriate to the site constraints. The ground investigation report that's been referred to before uh, highlights the poor infiltration properties of the underlying soils and accordingly the discharge of surface water to soakaways isn't viable. Uh, the SUDS methodology takes a hierarchical approach which next considers uh, discharge to a watercourse. In this instance, the neighbouring river Cam to which the nursery site previously benefited from an unrestricted discharge. It's proposed that the development will discharge via an angling water-owned outfall into the CAM, and this is fully consented by the Environment Agency. This proposal and a controlled rate of discharge has been agreed with angling water. In order to achieve this, on-site storage is provided to attenuate flows which exceed the agreed discharge rate. Uh, and this is maintained by a flow control structure. The capacity is for storage is provided in oversized underground pipes to contain water arising from a one in a hundred year storm event with an allowance for 30% uh, additionally for the effects of climate change. And this is fully in accordance with guidance set out in the National Planning Policy Framework. So in summary, the design ensures that water, surface water drainage will not cause on-site flooding uh, for, the, for the criteria and also off-site flooding is mitigated by restricting the rate of discharge from the site. The Environment Agency have confirmed that they have no objections in principle to this approach. 
looking at the foul water drainage, the site topography slopes towards the River Cam and therefore dictates that a conventional gravity connection to the existing foul sewer in Cambridge Road cannot be achieved. It is therefore proposed that foul water flows are pumped to the sewer and there is nothing uncommon in this approach whatsoever. The pump chamber is designed to provide 24-hour storage as required by building regulations whilst the non-return valve prevents backflows to mitigate any risk of on-site flooding. The foul water discharge location and flow rate have again been agreed with Anglian Water. In terms of future maintenance, the surface water drainage system, including the flow controller, is proposed for adoption by Anglian Water and forms part of an ongoing application under Section 104 of the Water Industry Act. As such, once relinquished by the contractor following a maintenance period, Anglian Water will assume responsibility for future maintenance. Uh, in terms of the flood risk, the, uh, the, a flood risk assessment has been prepared and approved by the Environment Agency. This recommends that floor levels within the development are set at least 900 millimetres above the 1 in 200 year annual probability flood level of 53.6 metres AOD. And uh, the floor levels proposed exceed that, uh, that level. Just uh, finalising with the foundation proposals, the ground investigation report uh, identifies soft alluvium and made ground to a depth of about three metres maximum and uh, standing water ground levels are, we acknowledge are between 0.8 and 1.5 metres below ground level. The upper soft uh, soil strata and presence of shallow groundwater essentially dictate the use of piled foundations to support the dwelling houses and the floor construction will incorporate uh, ground gas protection measures. Measures will be taken to mitigate the migration of low-level ground contaminants within the made ground to the underlying soils and groundwater. The selection of a, an appropriate pile type will prevent the physical transmission of made ground to the underlying strata and ensure a good seal between the pile and surrounding soil to prevent a preferential route for groundwater. In order to migrate, contaminants must be soluble, or mobile, sorry, uh, that is soluble in, in water. Groundwater testing suggests this is not the case as elevated contamination levels in the main ground were not replicated in the underlying groundwater and this can be confirmed by further soil testing if, if, if required. Can so, I ask you uh, to start winding yes, up sure, now? Sure, please. Sure. On that basis I hope that uh, has clarified the situation. Thank you. Uh, and the next speaker is the Parish Council, Ted Denyer. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, well, most of the Parish Council's comments have already been covered by Councillor Parry, Councillor Rose and the previous speakers, so I won't waste time going through them. Um, we'd just like to pick up on a couple of things. One, we are still concerned about the parking, um, especially when we see that there's only five parking spaces for visitors for 21 houses. Uh, we're concerned that the visitors parking will spill out onto the Cambridge Road and as it has rather large green verges uh, will probably be cars parking on those. Um, also the fact that um, I know officers will say that this is uh, part of Affinity Waters problem but we are concerned about the overload on the sewage system. Of all these houses that we are actually um, getting into Newport and this is another 21. 
So that's another concern. And finally, really, the fact that uh, the UDC plan for 50 wind four houses per year, um, Newport does seem to have a rather large share of these, which is a concern of the Parish Council and of the Parish in general. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you. And then the last speaker is the applicant, Trevor Faulkner. <coughs> Thank you, Chairman and fellow members of the committee for the opportunity to address you this afternoon in support of our revised <coughs> reserve matters application for 21 dwellings. As you recall, our previous application was considered and ultimately refused at your October planning committee with the principal concern relating to the proposal's perceived substandard parking layout, resulting in on-street car parking to the detriment of pedestrians and highway safety. The scheme before you today reflects pre-application discussions with your officers to examine the reason for refusal and the means to address it. The revised application reduces the number of dwellings down from 23 to 21. This has given us the opportunity to review the parking arrangements as part of a new lower density layout. The principal change has been to remove and create visitor parking, well, we've taken visitor parking away from the entrance to the scheme and that was the principal concern of members at the October committee. The visitor parking spaces originally located at the entrance to the site were positioned throughout, have now been positioned throughout the site and away from the main junction onto Cambridge Road. We believe that the relocation of these spaces more centrally within the scheme will avoid any potential conflict with other vehicles entering or leaving the site and will make sure that they are used, which were concerns raised by members. The reduction in units has also afforded us the opportunity to rationalise the on-plot parking arrangements, which we believe will make the street scene less car dominant and creates more sense of place. More generally, the proposed development has been designed to provide parking provision in accordance with the Council's adopted parking standards. Your officer's report has very thoroughly explained that the proposal complies with the parameters of the outline approval and the thrust of both your council's adopted and emerging local plan policies and the national planning policy framework in terms of delivering a sustainable form of development. The scheme before you today reflects pre-application discussions with your officers and subsequent negotiations post-submission. Uh, just coming back on a couple of points that were raised by previous speakers. In terms of the loss of employment for the, from the site, clearly that was addressed through the outline consent and was accepted by members through the outline permission. And in terms of the affordable housing provision, although our scheme was refused ultimately at the October committee, there was a separate report that was actually put before members in terms of an either or scenario in terms of section 106, either provision of uh, 40% affordable housing on site or as an alternative gifted units to the council and that uh, there was a resolution to approve that by members on that particular committee. Thank you for your time. Um, I believe Mr Taylor would like to make a couple of comments. Um, I was going to make the point that the business was covered as outlined uh, with the permission fee. Um, we have given permission for houses to be built here. It might be an outline but that the, the principle has already been established. Um, could you answer while you are talking about there is this concern about 
um, the surface water going into the cam, and the cam does flood every so often. I've been in Newport when it's flooded, so I know that. So if you could, I don't know which one of you wants to go first, maybe Mr. Taylor and then Mr. Uh, Mr. Theobald. Thank you. I mean, you've you partly said what I was going to say, which was that we, we can't reopen the principle of the development. We can't reopen the loss of any business use because um, the committee has granted that. And similarly, um, the principal issue in terms of the use of the land, um, issues relate, raised in relation to flooding, obviously we have granted the principle of that um, use in terms of, uh, of residential. Um, and in relation to flooding, you can see the comments on page 62 and 63 from consultees. The only other thing I was going to say was in terms of the section 106, um, the applicants just confirmed, and I'm sure you remember, approving the either-or situation, so either we get... 40% um, affordable housing or um, there's a, a gifting of a, a lower percentage to the district council. That is not once the section 106 has been agreed by the planning committee, the final decision on that is not a matter for the planning committee that would be a matter um, through the uh, cabinet housing board and the housing department looking at the relationship in relation to that so it's not, you don't need to get embroiled in the detail of that. The principle is there, it's an either or, and, and the, the final say in relation to that would be through the housing department, if you like, is it, is it a better option for the council and taking those decisions and, and ultimately go through housing board and a decision by cabinet. Um, uh, Mr Theobald will pick up on the, uh, the details in relation to um, the CAM. Thank you. Well, members have got before them a sub-rep which is from the applicant from Bloor Homes which hopefully members have read and it's a summary of the, the issues um, relating to both flooding or flood risk and also surface water runoff and uh, the problems which currently exist on the site and what can be done to uh, uh, ameliorate the situation regarding the the amount of surface water because one thing that needs to be understood is that the the amount of hard surface which was on the site associated with the the nursery um, the the net effect of the development is that there would be less hard standing on the site and therefore in terms of amount of uh, surface water runoff there should be less associated with the development so that's an important thing to say. Secondly you've got a letter from the Environment Agency which is up to date and that was uh, put to you lunchtime. Now that's dated 28th of January and that refers to further consultations that we've had with, with them and that as you can see there based upon the technical information they've received uh, they have received the flood risk assessment the engineers report uh, from uh, Bloor's uh, consultancy and as you can see there uh, they are satisfied and I would reiterate this they are satisfied with the flood risk assessment which was submitted with the application 
they are therefore confident that the, the discharge rates, so if you like going back into the CAM, um, is sufficiently addressed by the, the various means by which uh, the SUDS strategy will be introduced um, as a result of uh, the development being approved. Now, without going too technical, um, it's to do with uh, uh, wider uh, outflow pipes and the rate of outflow. And uh, before this meeting today, I've received further technical information from the consultancy, and uh, you heard uh, what uh, the consultancy have got to say regarding them being satisfied that uh, there would not be um, uh, standing water on the site where that could be sufficiently drained back to the River Cam. It's accepted that soakaways wouldn't be an appropriate measure here because of the high water table. Therefore, the solution would be to drain back out to the River Cam with uh, the consent of angling water, and I've now got the angling water consent uh, for that to happen. Uh, and that was dated the 30th of January 2015. So the Environment Agency are happy with the, the modelling and the technical advice which they've received. Angling Water are happy with uh, the way in which it would be uh, drained back. Now, one of the uh, representations put forward by uh, Save Newport Village uh, was that in order to have an appropriate SUD strategy, you would have to have underground water storage tanks um, and other mechanical devices. Well, clearly, as you can see by this site layout, there is no room to do that, but uh, I've been advised by the consultancy that uh, there would not be um, underground water storage tanks because the, uh, the outflow pipes would just take the water back to the River Cam. So there is therefore no requirement to have any additional land allocated within the site layout to provide for the SUD strategy. So that's an important thing to say as well. Um, now, uh, in terms of compliance with the SUD strategy, the outline uh, permission uh, carried a condition, uh, two conditions. Uh, the, the first was about uh, the finished floor levels and you've heard that the, uh, the datum levels for the, the, uh, the, the dwellings will be higher than uh, the anticipated flood risk uh, across the, the gardens to the dwellings, sufficiently high enough for the dwellings not to flood. Uh, that's important to say, whereby there will be no lower than uh, 54.2 metres above ordnance datum level. Secondly, the condition nine of the outline consent does address the surface water drainage scheme, whereby it is incumbent upon the developer, uh, even if we members are mindful to approve this scheme on reserve matters, for the developer still to comply with condition nine on the outline permission, which asks the developer to put forward an appropriate and robust sub strategy scheme for a written approval. Now what the developer has been doing essentially for officers benefit for this meeting because uh, we knew that this would come up again at this meeting even though the, the principle of residential use has been already given and also uh, the outline con 
consent scheme addressed flood risk. They have been putting together a fairly robust uh, package which can be addressed in terms of uh, putting forward as a discharge of condition 9 from the outline permission. So uh, if permission is granted uh, for this scheme today, it doesn't mean to say that what you've heard simply would satisfy or not concerns. They would still have to come back in to formally discharge that condition um, uh, when they've got that sufficient level of information to put forward. So that's really as far as I can go. Thank you. Right. Over to members now. We've had all the speakers. So, Councillor Ranger, you're Thank you, Jim. Um, Yes, I was very unhappy with the previously submitted um, layout. I am um, now happier. Um, we still have tandem parking, but that's a common thread with most of our developments, so there's, there's no issue there. If it's sensibly managed by people, it won't cause a problem. Um, I would ask the officers where we stand with Code for Sustainable Homes these days, um, because if code level three is to be achieved they may well have provision for a home office um, as being a credit point so um, that could allay some of the employment fears um, but I, i'm satisfied that all the necessary provisions and protections have been incorporated water self water surface water and foul water contamination foundations floor levels all have been addressed and i'm happy to um, propose that we accept the officer's recommendation do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Hicks, do you wish to speak now or later? Um, no, thank you, Chairman. Okay, fine. Thank you. Yes, uh, am I correct? You can actually work some of the business out of her house, any house. Is that correct? It's, yeah, it's on a question of fact and degree. I mean, if you can run a business from home, um, if from an enforcement viewpoint, if you're running a business from home and it ends up changing the character of the area because of parking and general disturbance, then, but it, but in terms of business from it's something that's actively encouraged if you like and but it's it's down to fact and degree and on that other issue about the 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 code code levels on they're, they're disappearing from conditions because building control has caught up building regs have caught up um so previously we were asking for something above building regs now we're not so probably that's something we may have to revisit in another place council Menel. thank you chairman it's just a technical point really um if after all these assurances these houses on their piled foundations are found floating down the river cam in three years time who is then responsible for compensation is it the environment agency are we responsible who's responsible I I'm not sure, except I know it's not Uttlesford District Council. <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. It's really just an inquiry. Um, we've had two independent uh, engineers and our own instructed engineers have recommended all dwellings are piled foundations, which suspect then that the ground will not take the weight of the houses. But we are saying that we'll do a non-driven, non-vibrating piling solution, which is a CFA. Can you tell me what the difference is and what a CFA involves?
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Before I bring the, the, the next councillor in, can I ask the question about the removal of contaminated soil, which is often quite a problem on on uh, business sites that become residential. So could you just cover that to say, is going down to 0.4 and 0.06 enough, or should there be a condition that it goes down lower? Well, the, as part of the conditions which are on this reserve matters application, uh, what we've done uh, in consultation between the environment officer, health officer here, and the environment agency, we've tried to capture uh, both um, decontamination remediation conditions together so that we've got, um, as they appear on the conditions for this um, uh, proposal, you've got part which have been complied with and part that still need to be complied with to do with that very matter. So whatever happens today, they've still got to come back in with um, the, the last of the, uh, the modelling conditions for contamination site remediation. So we can deal with that as a, the, the last part of the, that set of conditions. That will be dealt with because yes. I think it is very important yes, that we, it will. we are very clear on that. Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, first of all, a question. In flood risk issues on the yellow pages, the second line, 53.6 metres AOD. What does that mean, please? Above what? Above sea level. Well, it would be nice to say... Above sea level. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I noticed that uh, the builders are going to build the slab level at 900 millimetres over the ground level. So the houses won't flood, but the gardens probably will. Is that all right? That's acceptable, is it? We can, we can allow that. Well, the, 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 the intention behind the... Uh, the, the SUD scheme is so that there would be more effective drainage uh, back out. Right, to the but you're camp. not having the SUD scheme now, are you? Because you said that the, there wasn't enough land to put the 900 millimetre diameter storage pipes. Or have I got that wrong? Um, Did you not just say that earlier on? First paragraph, water, surface water drainage. Sorry, is it on this here? Yeah. On first, the first page? First page. Surface water drainage site investigations have highlighted poor ground infiltration. Yeah. In other words, it's impermeable, it's clay. Yeah, got it. And then they say they're going to, in light of this, the drainage strategy incorporates on-site storage, 900 millimetre diameter pipes. Well, they'll be, be obviously below ground. Yeah. And, and therefore, um, I, mean, I have uh, drainage scheme drawings here, but uh, my understanding is that... Uh, uh, they'll be obviously below ground. I mean, clearly, they'll be below someone's property, um, uh, and therefore there will be that degree of storage. There won't be underground storage tanks because there'll simply be wider uh, outflow pipes uh, to the River Cam. So 
there will be obviously these underneath the ground. My understanding of, of the situation is, is that, but uh, the, the, the rate of flow going back would be, uh, um, uh, it would be controlled and uh, higher to take away any standing uh, surface water that may be within the, the gardens or the dwellings. That's my understanding anyway. Yeah, but there's still going to be standing water. They anticipate this because they're building almost a metre above the ground. Um, and it does say in the next paragraph that uh, the ground's impermeable, we know that. There will be no loss of floodplain resulting from this development. Well, of course there will. They'll be building on the floodplain. It'll still be there. So how can I say that? How can I say there's no loss of floodplain? You're taking the floodplain away. That patch of houses there is part um, of the floodplain. I think it That's might, it might be a reference to uh, the the, uh, the net uh, gain in softer areas to drain into, because at the moment uh, you did have hard standings associated with the nursery, yeah. and therefore, if you take all of that away, uh, the ground is, is still permeable. It's impermeable. It says it's clay and gravel. Yeah, the but water table is so high there, it's almost above the cam level. It's, I just don't understand how the engineers can justify that that area is not going to flood, because it will. And it, it says in the flood risk, the FRA indicates that there will be a reduction in the permeable area of the site. Well, it won't be. It will be an increase. And therefore, there should be no increase in pre-development runoff, pre runoff rates. Probably not pre-development runoff rates, but once it's developed... It'll be a vast increase. Sorry, no, I, I think, think, I think you're flawed. Uh, Councillor Smith, I think you're missing the point because what they're testing against is the previous use on the site with all the buildings and construction on there. And as we know, they covered a vast amount of the site. So by removing the hard standing, by removing those buildings and replacing them with buildings and then a large amount of garden area, they've actually, the net difference, as Mr Theobald just said, the, next, the net difference is there's much more open green space on the site, permeable space on the site. But, that, but therefore, but we're not, you're talking about the floodplain here, but therefore there is more floodplain available, so there's no loss of floodplain, because overall there's a net gain, because there's less buildings on the site. Um, I set your point, if you go back 500 years... It's a different situation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the previous use on the site to what's being proposed. And that's what's been assessed by the Environment Agency and Anglian Water and um, everyone else in relation to looking at that. Councillor Matlin. Thank you very much. Could I just uh, get clarification on two points before we go any further? Um, we've been assured that the amenity space is sufficient, but there's no information in the pack to tell us what the garden sizes are. Trust me, there's no. Okay. Um, the, the, yeah, okay, I accept that. Um, it, it is the case that uh, they are essentially the same um, plot sizes as before, with a variation, I think, of just one uh, plot nine, and they all complied before. Uh, in fact, no, I haven't got that. Um, but... Uh, they, they all comply. They are all over 100 square metres. Um, they are all garden compliant. I've made absolutely sure of this during the course of this application process. Thank you. Could we in future, actually, it is very useful to have that. Uh, I know it was, but if we could just 
uh, put put the the last the refused item in. That if it, it had a table there, so you could put that in as well. So then everybody has got it. It mm. does help. I'll continue. Uh, secondly, <coughs> the fact that these houses are all going to be raised 900 millimetres above the uh, the current level, can I take that to mean that uh, it's acknowledged that this is part of the floodplain? Yes. No, say, is it acknowledged that it's part of the floodplain? It's within the flood zone three uh, risk zone. The, re the reason that I mention this is because Gen 3 flood protection states very clearly that within the functional floodplain, building will not be permitted unless there is an exceptional, exceptional need. I can see no exceptional need for this development. Uh, I can see grounds for proposing refusal, but... Uh, under the circumstances, I think it would be more realistic to propose that we defer this, because I, for one, would certainly like more information on what, flood, what uh, attenuation measures the developer proposes. I mean, because SUDS isn't going to work. I don't know anything about this larger pipe system. I mean, I, w I would like further clarification on that. I'm also not particularly delighted with the parking that they've got there at the moment. I mean, the parking bay down by the river, you can say goodbye to your cars in there if it floods. Can Councillor Mountman, I will let the officer come back before we take anything about having a seconder for a deferral, because I think you are, um, you are not getting the point on a certain particular on the, on the I think on a global thing, I think we've been talking about drainage for, for a long time. I need to remind members, this has got outline plan permission. Permission has been granted in principle. Houses can be built on this site. So you, the policy you just mentioned there, if we refuse, we cannot refuse permission on reserve matters on a flood risk issue. I'm not demeaning flood risk as an issue, but that matter has always been addressed. But I think what, what you're missing is it is because it's in flood, flood, flood zone three, correct me if I'm wrong, I know you've lived this drainage issue on this particular site, but the fact is the, the site at the moment, previous developed land was as a site as greenhouses where it was totally, it was totally hard stood, it, performed, it produced, performed no floodplain function whatsoever because it was hard stood. Simply by developing the sites, it will result in less hard standing on the site and as, as Mr Taylor said, there will be more gardens and it will provide a, a minimal but, but more of a more of a yeah yeah but what I should also remind me of amongst all this, there is the Environment Agency who are a statutory consultee. They have a right to turn around and hold and hold an objection and almost prevent us from approving planning permission, whether it was outline stage or whether it was at reserve matter stage. They have not done that. Um, there also is, there is a detailed uh, uh, submissions by the applicant, on behalf of the applicant, by qualified engineers that also clarify that. There is a range of conditions that are proposed regarding first of all flood first of all uh, water controls as well as pollution controls and, and, and Mr Theobald's right you cannot discharge those pollution controls until you start work I mean there is, it's a it's a it's a stage process as you go through so I think members should, should be satisfied with the amount of information that you've got in front of you it's technical information and and I don't and no one here can actually perceive to actually understand it fully but the experts that we actually consult are, are satisfied with what's in front of us. Right, uh, Councillor Mackman, there's answers have been given. As I say, I'll, I'll still repeat that uh, I, th I think that uh, this should be deferred for further consideration. Are you proposing a deferral? Uh, yes, I am. Right, do I have a seconder for deferral? Point of order. 
No, no, no. Chairman, we, we, yeah, I can still take deferral. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can still take deferral. Do we have a seconder for a deferral on this side? No, we don't, so deferral falls. Let us continue with our discussions. Councillor Kant, you're next. Um, thank you. I mean, I, I understand from reading all the documentation that we, we, can't, we can't refuse this on the grounds I'd like to refuse it on um, because the Environment Agency are happy. I am concerned, however, still about the likelihood of flooding because I think it's unlikely the houses would be flooded, but it is quite likely that if the cam is in spate that most of the gardens could be flooded. And I'm concerned too about um, what Councillor Rose mentioned, that in fact they, because they live in a similar situation, they've ended up having to pay £35 extra a month for something that attenuates that. And so I'm just wondering whether anything could be added to the 106, which puts aside a certain sum which could be returned to the developer after X number of years if nothing disastrous has happened. But I do think it, it's not a huge section of the CAM, and it does seem to me that some protection of the gardens, uh, I mean, you know, people spend a lot of money on making their gardens an attractive outdoor space, particularly as the rooms inside seem to get smaller. And it does seem to me that it's pretty disastrous. And, and I mean it happens in, in a small you couldn't exactly call it a river it's a stream but when it's in spate people's gardens do get flooded and they've taken it into their own hands to do some sort of protection and I do wonder whether some attenuation along the can which would at least protect gardens when the river is in spade um, even if, they were, if it's only a metre high or something and, and would actually ensure that most of the water went past because we're talking about water draining into the cam if the cam is in spade and gardens are flooded then all you're doing actually is providing extra water into your flooded garden and so I, I do think that um, some sort of attenuation I think we owe it to the people who will buy these houses in good faith because we have taken advice of people like the Environment Agency and said it's okay. And then the first really wet winter we get or wet autumn we get, they're going to find that two, four, six, eight, nine gardens are likely to be flooded. I will ask the question, um, do we know what maintenance is done on the cam? Because we all know if you, if you, if you look after a river, it, it doesn't flood as much as if you don't look after a river with regard to silting, etc. So, um, and they are discharging into the river. So can, can I, uh, do we know whether there has been any um, um, monies put aside uh, with regard to the river in their, in their section? I don't know, uh, Councillor. Um, no. I... Can we ask for monies to, do, to make sure that there is uh, some form of flood barrier, I suppose, is what you are asking for, Councillor Kant? Chairman, I, I don't think that the Environment Agency would allow a flood barrier along that, that part of the, um, the river. I mean, for a number of reasons. Um, the main one is because 
it takes away will take away volume of capacity from from the well from the floods from the floodplain, but also it pushes it into it potentially pushes it into other locations. So uh, so I, I don't without talking to them, but I, I would severely doubt whether they would want they would you know if they were looking at actually they're not that bothered about gardens. They are, you know, they're open space in that sense. What they, do, what they ensure they look at is, is protecting the houses, but they, 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 they do not look at in relation to the gardens. So um, I don't think that that's... And, and in terms of is there, a mech, is there the ability to ask, well, there's no reason for many of the statutory consultees to request such a contribution because they're all happy with it. So I'm not sure there is the sufficient justification to make that sort of request. Right, I'll put it a different uh, we, we can't ask for uh, contributions on an application for reserve matters. Okay. That's done that thing. What we could put as an informative note on, if we are minded to approve, to say that great concern was raised by the committee about um, not the flooding of the houses, but the flooding of the gardens if the CAM goes into spate more often than uh, once in every hundred years. This, and I think we could do that, couldn't we, to the Environment Agency? To the, we could write to the Environment it's Agency. It's not, not informative, the, no. no oh, yeah. sorry, we could actually write to the Environment Agency and say that this, this issue was raised, because I, I hear where you're coming from. Uh, but if the houses are protected, and I do know in Suffolk they build houses on much higher pylons than they're suggesting here because the areas flood, but they do not take notice of the gardens. They only take notice of where the houses are. So I've got more people to speak. Councillor Davy is next. Uh, thank you, Madam Chairman. My only concern now is if we allow this, which uh, would seem we might well do, Will it create a precedent on adjacent land in, the, in that Newport area? Every, every application has looked upon its merits. We have given permission for outline here. So the, 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 we've already said houses can be built here. There might be, there might not. We have to look at each application on its merits. Councillor Hicks. Yes, uh, thank you, Chairman. Allow me to come back. Um, it may help um, Councillor Eastham in particular if he considers that um, surface water drainage on this site typically would be by um, pipes in the ground of a, di a diameter of 100 millimetres. So we we'll keep it in Old English because the numbers are easier. That's four-inch pipe. Um, the, area, the area of a four-inch pipe is somewhere around about 50 square inches. So the area of a nine-inch pipe is around about 250 square inches. So the volume of a pipe of nine inches against four inches is over five times. So that's where the attenuation of the extra surface water comes in. It's attenuated at the point of final discharge and it's held up in the oversized pipes so that it doesn't flood. Chairman, I think I understand the mechanics of this. In fact, I'm sure I do. But one thing that people don't understand is you cannot adequately drain impermeable land. If it's clay, you can't mill drain it. Simple as that. 
I, I live in a house which has got clay all around me. Sometimes it drains, sometimes it doesn't. In the end, it goes. Right, I've got through to the end of the list. It has been proposed and seconded for approval. Councillor Right, well, Councillor Menon, you wish to come back? Is it a new point? Yes, Chairman, I was going to say that Audley End House is not so far away, and the flooding that takes place there is a vast lake. And Councillor Davies' point about the danger of further uh, development along there the back of the pub next door is not such a silly one and I just want to know if the Environment Agency were ever asked if this was actually overdevelopment okay we acknowledge that there's to be some development were they ever asked whether this was overdevelopment do you wish to answer that one of your officers because I haven't asked the question of them um, yeah. in, terms, in terms of the original application yes that is in, in explicit part of the, the consultation with them. You know, is this a development acceptable? So they're, what they're looking at is they're looking in relation to the Environment Agency, the built development on the site and what's being proposed. In relation to Audley End, there is a slight difference there because it is supposed to flood and they have different gates in relation to Audley End to specifically hold the water there, allow it to flood and then release it down. That's all part of the river, you're talking about the river management, it's all part of that whole river management um, to, it, to allow sacrificial areas to flood and then you then see it the next few days later completely muddy and the entire water of the river is gone because they've cleaned the whole lot out and then it backs up again. That's part of the management of the river. Right, I am now going to get Councillor County to a really important... Sorry, I mean, I, I also am worried about future development. Does the fact that this was previously developed land, would that have affected the officer's recommendation here? Exactly. What yeah. you're looking at here is, is the fact that it's a previous hard-standing uh, use of the site. So... I don't know where that's right, but on, the, on this slide, the treed grassed area to the, the right, the, at the bottom, if that's got nothing on it, you're starting off from a completely different assessment, and that's what the Environment Agency would look at. So yes, it's a completely different assessment from a, a built site to an unbuilt site. Right, I am now going to the vote. All those in favour of approving this recommendation, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those against? One, two, three, four, five. Right, the application is passed. The, now, could I ask a question? Is Mr. Judson in the room? You're in the room. That's fine. You're here. That's okay. Uh, we will now go on to UTT 143791 Little Bardfield, and Sam Stevenson is going to take us through this. Thank you, Chair. Members' attention should be drawn to a statement that you've been provided with from the occupants of Guyver's, which is the dwelling um, 
cited to the west of the application site. Um, they are unable to attend today's meeting. Supplementary representations have been circulated amongst members. A consultation response has been received from the Council's Access and Equalities Officer confirming compliance and information from the Parish Council regarding the proposed access. The application site is situated outside development limits and adjacent to a Grade 2 listed building, three chimneys. <coughs> the application is for the erection of a detached two-storey, three-bedroom dwelling with associated access and garaging. The applicant has demonstrated that adequate parking provision in line with Uttlesford adopted parking standards will be provided on site. Subject to a condition regarding obscure glazing, there will be no impact on neighbouring amenity. And following submission of a protected species survey, Essex County Council of Ecology have raised no objections. However, notwithstanding this, Little Bardfield is a small village with a predominantly linear form where most of the development is on the north side of the road. The application site is on the south side where there is a widely spaced group of three dwellings. The proposed development would consolidate the existing loose grouping and would have an adverse effect on the character and appearance of the village and on the setting of the adjacent listed building, contrary to policies S7, Gen 2 and ENV2 of the Office of Local Plan. In addition, the site is fundamentally unsustainable due to the location's lack of services and facilities and its inaccessibility to a range of transport modes. There would be a heavy reliance on private vehicles for the majority of journeys, contrary to policy S7 of the Ottawa Local Plan and paragraph 17 of the National Policy Framework. The recommendation is for refusal. I've got a couple of photos here. This um, is the view of the site towards Guyvers and then lastly the, towards Three Chimneys. That all this, this uh, hedge is the site, correct? Thank you. Yes. And the first speaker is Michael Edridge, who is an objector. Madam Chairman, can I just say that that is not stated. It's stated as the, the whole of the site. That is not the whole of the site. It's half the site. The garages that you see are, are part of another property. Are you coming to speak? Yes, I am. I just wanted to find out. Okay, fine. You're saying that the site goes. Sorry, could you then just say again what the site? I think the other one. Come forward and sit down. If you're, are you Michael Eldridge? Edridge. Yes. If you'd like to come. The next picture I'll show, that one, is half of the guiders and half of the proposal site. Could you just clarify for us, please? From the, no, sorry, can, can we just clarify with the officer? I think you are the photo showed it better. Could you do that, please? Right. Are you saying all that site there? No, because that's that's from the other end. Well, where can we will? If you would like to make your statement, we will clarify it when we get into the meeting. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon to you, Madam Chairman and your committee. Um, my name is Mike Edridge and I'm from Three Chimneys, Little Wildfield, Braintree, Essex. Um, we wish to outline the inaccurate statements in his proposal and highlight the areas made within the previous refusals. Policy permits sensitive infill within settlements. This site is 55 metres long and it's hardly a sensitive infill. Village statement design statement quotes, which is the Little Barfield Parish Council statement. Inhabitants want extensions to new and existing buildings, sympathetic in scale design and materials, infill housing development 
and development in small clusters is acceptable, but ideally building of new single large properties should be avoided. In a previous refusal, which went to the Secretary of State, I quote him, there is a continuous ribbon of development on the north side of the road. The loose grouping of dwellings containing three cottages has a character which is transitional between the built-up north side of the road and the surrounding countryside. The 55-metre gap between three cottages and Guyvers is too wide to count as a small gap. More importantly, the erection of another house in that gap would begin to consolidate the existing loose grouping and would have an adverse effect on the character and appearance of the village." Unquote. We have a small church, no regular service, weekly service. A school bus. Our community bus runs once weekly but is under review. There are no other services within Little Barfield. Three miles to Thaxted and 1.54 miles to Great Barfield, no footpaths in either direction and it is dangerous. The site is an eyesore, they say. Untrue. It is hedged and fenced. Two. Three chimneys wish to buy the land for amenity purposes. Untrue. Three. Adequate transport between the villages of Little Barfield and Great Barfield. Untrue. The site is 0.8 miles from Great Barfield. Untrue. Housing types in Little Barfield from 15th century to 20th century. Untrue. Three chimneys is 13th, 14th century and is listed. Good visibility in both directions. Untrue. A blind bend from the east elevation is the problem here. Traffic flow is light. Untrue. I quote from a parish council email of the 20th of September 2013, quote, Speed restriction measures have been discussed on many occasions who, like you, are concerned at the speed of vehicles travelling through the village. Due to the nature of the business in this area and the need for large vehicle movements with the width of the road and also lack of suitable positions for speed reduction measures, this has been discounted. Unquote. Eight, opinion. Many residents, apart from those in immediate vested interest, would agree to this development. Untrue. I have lobbied Little Barfield Parish Council intensively. Untrue. Fly tipping by adjacent properties. Untrue. This is a brownfield site. Untrue. If this consent is given, we fear that over time the understanding and values of this infill and sustainability will become eroded and the property developers will use this proposal as a precedent. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. Now we have the Parish Council who wish to speak and I presume it's Councillor John Judson who's going to speak on behalf of the Council. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is John Judson. <coughs> I've been a Parish Councillor of Little Bardfield and Hamlet. Could you please sit down and, and End and um, Hawkesbury Green for 37 years. I'm now one of the oldest residents in the village. I've been Chairman of the Parish Council for nine years. It is a unanimous decision of uh, the Parish Council that this property would fit well into what we call our village design statement. We take matters uh, of planning very seriously because, as you can appreciate, it affects all of us. This particular property, we felt the plans were exceptionally well presented. 
We also felt that they, such things as the pitch of the roof uh, fitted well within uh, the uh, other buildings, etc. From <coughs> an interest point of view, uh, I have a house that's bang opposite. And when submitting the original comments on the application, I uh, said, declared that interest, but I am told that this afternoon I can speak. If that property went ahead, it would certainly affect me, but I am quite prepared to accept that because I feel that that particular site uh, hasn't been looked after for the best part of 15 years. Uh, no matter what uh, other residents think, it's luckily guarded behind a hedge which protects it, but it would take a property of this sort because it would then in some ways even up the village. We're very, very uh, one-sided, if you like, and we see no reason whatsoever why the granted shouldn't, permission shouldn't be granted uh, uh, to add to this, particularly in the light of the fact that uh, Mr. Jones' son, who has been in the Royal Navy all his life, is uh, retiring from the Navy and is hoped to live there. Um, I can't obviously say any more than that, other than uh, some of the uh, statements that have been made, I have to say are untrue, but I speak the truth here. We feel very strongly as a parish council that this should go ahead. We had a similar situation down the road at Friday's, which went to appeal. We again said we felt that that was fine because it was for the daughter and son-in-law of the person living there. And uh, it was actually declined in this instance, but it went to appeal and it was, was accepted. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that you'll give this every consideration. We uh, feel that some new blood in the village would help. And uh, uh, certainly uh, we have no interest, any of us, as far as a garden is concerned or otherwise. I'd like to just finally say that Givers was built in 1910, not 1500. But it fits in well. Thank I, you very much. I lay much. my case. Thank you. If you could go, because we have one more speaker, Mr. Ray Jones. Thank you. Uh, could you leave the table now? Sorry. Mr. Jones will take over. Madam Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, Elizabeth and I came to Little Bardfield 33 years ago and we loved the place. Unfortunately, I had a heart attack and couldn't cope with the very large and very old house we lived in. We sought to build a small property on the adjacent vegetable patch, but the regulations in 98 would not allow it. Since then, the major changes to the MPPF have encouraged us to make a new application in September last year, and this was refused on three grounds. The adverse effect on the local character as it would consolidate the loose grouping, unsustainability and being part of the open countryside, and an insufficient ecological survey. The last point has now been filled following surveys carried out by Barry Kaufman-Wright, and this resubmission 
addresses the other two. In regard to its compatibility with local character, the village has a wide diversity of building styles and ages. At the west end of the village, most of the houses are modern, and with the result that all the gaps that existed on the north side, they have now been filled, and it's now continuous. The properties on the south side are divided into two distinct groups due to the rising ground. This proposal is infilling between others at the West End. In our opinion, and that of the Parish Council if you've heard, this will enhance the street scene rather than detract. The gap between the curtilage of the adjacent houses is only 33 metres, though the case officer quotes 55 metres, that being between the house walls. The matter of sustainability under S7 should be referred to the building itself and its locality. The lifetime home statement considers the building designed very satisfactory and incorporates all their requirements. In regard to location, it should be noted that in para 2.1 of the proposal, it stated that the site is centrally located within the village, as the village plan that's been circulated shows. It is also completely apart from the three chimneys, being separated by a three-metre drive and a fence. So there's no connection with the listed property. Although the planners require, as a rule of thumb, that new properties should be within one kilometre of shops or bus route, this is 1.6 kilometres away, and when the council refused consent on another property only 300 metres from this and refused, that refusal was overturned on appeal and consent was granted in May last year. A number of objections have been submitted. It should be noted that they are all, without exception, from newcomers. They have been subjected to fairly extensive um, lobbying by... Um, could we just one stick to the facts, please, and could you begin to wind up? Because yes, I am, on the last but, but paragraph. Just let's Sorry. hear the facts, not, not about yes, lobbying. Yes, okay. Um, there's been lobbying by uh, Mr. Erich, who's just spoken. I don't think he mentioned to them that he had an interest and wished to purchase the site. There have been no objections from residents who were there when we were. I trust the committee will allow this application, but should they wish to visit the site before making a decision, I have no objections. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you very much. Before I open it up to members, what I would like to just check is there's uh, 55 metres has been banded around and 33 metres has been banded around. Could we have the precise gap between the two houses with the infill part? Thank you. Whilst we're waiting for this information, can I, can I ask a question? Thank you. 
is this application as I understand it is it part of two gardens that of three chimneys and whatever's Separate, separate, totally a separate plot. Okay. Um, just to clarify, the, the garage building that you can see there in the photograph actually belongs to Guyvers. So beyond that is the application site. Down. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yes. You're not allowed to give it. I'm very sorry, but you're not yeah, not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Yeah, sorry, the, the width of the site is 33 metres. No, just can't tell us apart, can you? <laughs> um, well, normally, I, I would say I, I would refuse this. It's outside development limits. It's adjacent to a grade two listed building. But because it is so controversial, and that some people seem to be for it, and some people seem to be against it, I was actually going to ask if we could have a site visit so we can see for ourselves and make an informed decision, rather than looking at that, which is very vague. Uh, and uh, I think that might help us on this occasion. But others might not agree. To assess the impact on a Grade 2 listed building and impact on neighbouring properties, and is that okay? I have a seconder for that, Councillor Perry. Right, uh, I think we have to go straight to the vote on site visits, correct? Yes. So, it has been proposed and seconded for a site visit. There can be no more discussion. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five. Those against? Right, the rest are abstentions. So, show the abstentions, please. Just to whoever abstained, did you abstain? That's fine. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's right. Okay, this one has been deferred for a site visit. We will go and look at the property before the next meeting. Councillor Davy, do you want to... Can I suggest break? we have a comfort break? Yes, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> we will have um, a five-minute comfort break, okay? So generous. <laughs> Yeah, 
We're all back, so we will go on to UTT 142464, which is an outline planning permission for Whittington. And Mr. Theobald, you're going to take us through this. Thank you, Chair. This outline application proposal relates to the erection of three dwellings with garaging a new access provision from Church Lane involving the demolition of the existing chalet bungalow on the site. And I'll show you the uh, picture soon. Access, layout and scale are matters which fall to be considered for this outline scheme. 
The indicative drawings submitted show that the dwellings for plots one and two, which are the two on the right-hand side, would be of traditional built form, having a height to the ridge each of 7.6 metres, with double-piled gabled roofs, which you can see, running across the width of the dwellings. The dwelling proposed for plot three at the rear of the site on the left-hand side is shown at one and a half storey with a ridge height of 6.6 metres. Each dwelling would be served by a double garage with additional hard standing space and each would have a rear garden amenity space shown to be in excess of 100 square metres and Chairman after my telling off the last time I've worked out that the, uh, the plot one uh, garden amenity area is uh, about 280 square metres, plot two is 172 square metres and plot three is in excess of 200 square metres so obviously um, exceeding that. In terms of consultation responses to this proposal, Essex County Council Highways have not objected to the development on highway grounds, whilst the UDC Access and Equalities Officer has commented that the dwellings would have to meet lifetime home standards for reserved matters stage, as no details have been submitted with the outline application. In terms of the planning merits of this proposal, the site is located within development limits for Whittington Village and the proposal therefore accords with the development plan in terms of the principle of residential development in this respect, subject to detailed consideration being given to matters of layout and scale, access and parking arrangements uh, with regard to infill development and backland development and also in respect of ecology matters. Now, as the officer report mentions at paragraph 10.6, the dwelling specification for plots 1 and 2 uh, on the right-hand side there, and as you can see, the two-storey plot 1 and 2 have been uh, revised since original submission, where the dwellings have now been reduced from 8.8 .8 metres, as originally shown, down to 7.6 metres uh, to the ridge, as you can see on the dimensions there. And that represents a reduction of 1.2 metres, therefore, uh, from the original, and in themselves represent a height increase of just 0.81 of a metre above the ridge line of the dwelling to be demolished. And I'll show you, that is the dwelling uh, currently standing on the site. Uh, this height reduction from as originally shown for the frontage dwellings is now considered by officers to be acceptable in terms of this outward facing um, site. The separation distances between all three dwellings, again going back to site layout, is also considered to be acceptable, whilst the back-to-back -back distances would mean that overlooking loss of privacy uh, between the dwellings would be uh, avoided in terms of Essex Design Guide back-to-back -back distances. Parking for each plot would be acceptable and be compliant with parking standards. Therefore, to summarise, Chairman, it is considered that the proposal is acceptable in principle at this location where three dwellings would be able to be accommodated on the site appropriately in terms of site layout, parking and amenity, and it is recommended that planning permission should be granted for the proposal. Could I just, uh, just run through some site photos just for members' benefit? Um, that is the, the lane with access into the site. 
I've shown you that. That is Dorf House, which is on the, the corner as you go round to the right-hand side to the site. Now, this is the access road going into the adjacent church view development, which has only just been built. Uh, and where that car is, uh, you can just about see a, ha a, sh a shallow hammerhead where access will go into plot three, which would represent the backland development dwelling. And as you go around, you can see that. And the dwellings on this uh, site are uh, mainly two or two and a half storey. Well, that's one and a half on the back. And particularly that one you can see is two and a half storey with a double piled roof. The original uh, dwelling specification for plots one and two on Churchmead site was to indeed replicate that in terms of its scale. Um, uh, ridge height and fenestration detailing and officers have now managed to reduce that down to the more traditional uh, dwelling which um, I showed you. So that is the context of the site that is going back to uh, Church Lane with Dorf House in the distance and uh, Chairman uh, that concludes uh, the um, presentation. Thank you very much. Now we have some speakers on this application and the first one is Councillor Parry but I don't see her in the in the room anymore. Right, so then we go on to Councillor Rose. Thank you very much, members. Um, I shall take my seat. Um, thank you. I think this uh, uh, map is very important. Um, and may I say the most important one is church view because um, if the height of uh, the houses is to go ahead you will not get a church view despite the fact that it has been reduced in height. Um, our recommendation is that this is refused until the height is lowered still and even the number of houses being reduced. Church view is very important as you can see it's a very historical environment um, and from the village point of view it sets a precedence if you say um, I am only five foot then that is fine but if I start standing up and you say well I'm five foot six that's okay because you're all right but if I start saying well I'm five, six foot what's what is acceptable if the houses in Whittington are saying well we can grow a little bit above the sight line is that acceptable is that acceptable to be a precedence where somebody says well it's only one and a half meters and then the next developer says well we're only half a meter beyond that it's not acceptable and I urge you to refuse this planning uh, application on the sheer fact that it is setting a precedence on the scale and height and ruining the church view which is very important for the people of Whittington. But secondly um, I've been campaigning very hard uh, to negate runoff and uh, drainage issues around Whittington and although it is centred around Cornells Lane, it actually runs into the whole drainage issue around Whittington. Chris Stoneham has done some brilliant work of uh, consultation with the Parish Council and uh, the corner of, um, well certainly the corner of the, the maps in the document 
There is a drainage issue um, and that is going to be addressed further on with Chris Stoneham. So I urge you again not to recommend this until the drainage issue in Whittington has been sorted out and rectified, certainly from a, um, a district and an Essex County Council point of view. Um, so I, I put that in and the fact that please uh, safeguard church view by refusing this planning application. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the next speaker is Ken Kemp. Could we leave those photographs up, Madam Chairman, that were being shown? You want the sorry? Do you want the? Could we leave those photographs up? Uh, can we put one of the photographs up and say, okay, that one, that's fine. Yeah, of the house. Thank you. I'm here really on behalf of the villagers in Whittington, and I have been here before, with particular reference to the church view development that was shown up there on those photographs four years ago. Bear that in mind. In June 2010, the government gave councils and communities the right to refuse development of garden land if they considered the development unacceptable. I quote, this change means councils and communities can decide on the type of development they feel is suitable for a locality rather than being constantly overruled by top-down targets, regulations and plans. Accordingly, in light of that, I ask you to refuse this application. There is no evidence that this kind of expensive suburban close development needs to take place on this rural site. As Uttlesford so decided recently when refusing three similar developments at the southern end of the village at Wood End, backed up by the planning inspectorate, like the Wood End development, this church meet development would, I quote, unacceptably harm the character and appearance of the rural locality and does not seek to ensure good affordable housing available to all, especially young people and low-paid workers. Further, I draw attention to the danger of even considering an outline application with nothing reserved for such a sensitive site. The application cites the adjacent church view development in support of the church mead development. I cite Churchview for a different reason. Two and a half years after outline permission for four £900,000 townhouses and a suburban close that was subsequently built, they had grown 20% bigger in size and height, causing the overbearing and overlooking that was not, not supposed to happen. At that time in 2010, Roger Harborough, your development director, agreed with Sir Alan Hazelhurst that had the Churchview application been considered after the 2010 garden grabbing legislation, it could have been rejected. I ask you to do that to church me today. Cramming three townhouses into this site, two of which have access into an unmade rural lane, while the third house can only be accommodated by seeking permission to exit through the privately owned adjacent view site, that is unacceptable. I urge this committee to refuse this application and to ask the developer to think again 
in terms of number, size, design and access, particularly access, preferably this time with a detailed application. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Juliet Bickerton. Um, may I read out um, the information that she left with me? I'm afraid she's had to go. Yes, if you'd like to come and sit down. At the I'm Margaret Hudson. Margaret Hudson. Um, this is just a little bit of additional information. The property of Church Mead is subject to a restrictive covenant which is shown in the title deeds and relates to in the title deeds of the adjacent property which is Dorf House, which you've seen. And I've got the title number here. Dorf House is owned by Donald Tyson, Peter King and Nicholas Belcher and Church Mead was originally part of the garden of Dorf House. When the land was sold off in 1969, two restrictions were imposed on the land. Those restrictions benefited Dorf House and they are to erect a fence between the two properties and to restrict the use of the land at Church Mead and in quotes, so that the owners may not erect more than one property or dwelling on that land. That's what she... Is that all she wanted to say? Right, I'll get the officer to respond to that in a minute because that's done under a different part of the law. Um, The next person is Sandy Turner. Thank you. I'm Sandra Turner. I live at Whittington Hall, which is at the far east end of Church Lane, just beyond the uh, proposed development. I'm a historian as well, and I'm deeply concerned about the impact of this development on the historic and rural character of this extremely narrow ancient lane and on the core of the medieval village of Whittington. Our heritage assets, I'm sure you'll agree, are fragile and finite, and they are a non-renewable resource. PPS5, as it was, and it's now part of the NPPF, makes it clear that planning decisions concerning the historic environment need to protect it from development, which has a negative impact upon it. Uh, In particular, they state the design of new development should take account of the significance of nearby assets, the general character of the area, its topography, views in and out of the proposed site, etc., when deciding the impact of scale, height and materials used in the build. The lane itself has connected to the two manors of Priors Hall and Whittington Hall since Doomsday, and it is clearly shown on the earliest map I have been able to find of 1633. Both halls are listed and scheduled ancient monuments. My own home was owned by the chief butler to Edward III, connected to Thomas Cromwell, and one previous owner in the 18th century was deputy recorder for Saffron Walden. It possesses one of the few manorial court buildings in England, which I have restored subject to stringent planning regulations, yet that courthouse actually postdates the establishment of the lane. 
Whittington Church was endowed by both manors and marks a point equidistant between them. Thus, this lane falls within the setting of three historic assets. It is therefore imperative that any development along it is in sympathy with its historic and rural character. This character should be sustainable, just as housing development should be sustainable. Now, we recognise that housing needs to be built. However, it is important our heritage is not swamped with overbearing, unsustainable urban development, which detract from the character of the medieval heart of our village. The plans before you are for expensive, executive-type homes, which by their very nature are not within the reach of our elderly residents who wish to downsize but remain within our village, nor are young people who wish to set up home within it. Lack of reliable and effective transport infrastructure means that new owners will have to use cars to commute to work, further damaging the historic lane. If this plan is accepted in its current form, we run the risk of a precedent being set to allow more urban development in our conservation area, as the conservation area actually surrounds all of this plot, and a further negative impact on our heritage. Now, we are all here custodians and guardians of the heritage that makes Uttlesford a very special place to live in. If we are to sustain this, brave decisions need to be taken. In this case, decisions to limit the number, size and scope of buildings and to require that all details are known about build materials and design before permission is granted. This is the only chance we have to safeguard our fragile heritage and I urge you to refuse the application as it stands. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now the next speaker is the Parish Council and I think Councillor Hudson you're going to speak for the Parish Council. Thank you. I'm speaking on behalf of the parish, Whittington Parish Council. We realise that there will be development in the village, but we oppose this outline planning permission for three houses on Church Mead, where there was one dwelling before. The contractors have used the development of the grounds of Church View as a precedent for development of a garden site, but it should not be used in that way. Church View has the um, yes, just talking about the density. Church View has the equivalent of 12 houses per hectare. The application for permission to build on Church Mead with three houses in this smaller space would be the equivalent of 15 houses per hectare. That is overdevelopment of this house and garden space. Whittington Parish Council would like you to refuse this outline planning permission and if the worst came to the worst we'd accept two um, bungalows of the chalet style so that would be one and a half the height. Um, we have photos of the proposed lines if anybody wishes to look at them afterwards. And could I just make a note about those photos, that they look like it's a huge road, and I don't know what angle they were using, but the roads are not represent that's not a representation of the size of the roads. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, now the agent is next, uh, Tony Hilton. And because there were three objectors, you have up to nine minutes if you wish to speak that long. But I think the committee will hope that you're not going to speak that long. <laughs> I can pull it as polite as possible. Yes, certainly. 
<coughs> Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on behalf of the applicant in support of the planning application. As you know, we have sought consent in outline, and the first is in access, and the access for two of the dwellings is from Church Lane, utilising the existing in and out driveway for Church Mead. The third dwelling is to be accessed from Church View. This currently has dwellings accessed from it, and an additional dwelling will not compromise highway safety and meets highway standards, and no objections have been received from the Highway Authority. In terms of scale, the scheme has been amended as requested by officers. The scheme proposes two two-storey dwellings facing onto Church Lane. The dwelling access from Church View is one and a half storeys. Whilst the scale of dwellings has been demonstrated by the provision of elevations, it is important to remember that these are indicative only and do not in any way determine the appearance of the dwellings. The appearance of the dwellings would be determined in a preceding reserved matters application. The scale of the dwellings is in keeping with the character of the area, similar to those dwellings in the immediate surroundings. The density of the development equates to 15 dwellings per hectare, which takes into consideration the nature and character of that area, wholly maintaining the features of the village. In terms of layout, the scheme considers the character of the area. The proposed dwellings fronting onto Church Laid are in broadly similar location to the existing dwelling of Church Mead. This is to ensure that all amenities currently enjoyed by the neighbours are maintained. The dwelling access from Church View is one and a half storeys and it sits forward of the site to ensure the adjoining neighbours' amenities are, in, are maintained, whilst also giving a point of focus when you enter into the cul-de-sac. From the plans and information provided, it clearly demonstrates that this site can accommodate residential development on this scale without detriment to the character of the area. However, principle of development, the site is within development envelope for Whittington. Whittington has a development envelope and policy H3 states that infilling with new houses will be permitted on land within, within identified settlements. Whittington is an identified settlement and has its own settlement boundary. This suggests that development can take place subject to meeting the requirements of the policies within the local plan. Whilst there has been discussion that Whittington is an unsustainable location, it does have a development envelope which supports in principle that infill development can take place where there are sites capable of supporting additional developments. There has been a recent appeal for a site in Whittington at Woodend and comparisons have been made. However, Woodend is not within the development limits for Whittington and therefore within the rural area. Churchmead is within the development limits for Whittington, within easy access of the services that the village has to offer and can fully support a small-scale development of three dwellings. In conclusion, no objections with regard to highways have been made and therefore safe access can be provided for the development. The layout maintains the character of the village and the scale is in keeping with the immediate area. The design of the dwellings is not an issue for discussion and the elevational details have been provided to illustrate the scale. As a proposal, it complies with the policies within the adopted local plan and therefore we believe there are no sound planning reasons to justify refusal of the application and we fully support the officer's recommendation to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now there is a question I wish to ask the legal officer. First of all, um, uh, Nick Belcher was on the council, and I've been on the council a long time, so do I need to, to declare a non-pecuniary interest because uh, I knew him? Um, he was mentioned with the fact that he used to own Dwarf House, or is that totally... 
He still does, apparently. Uh, no, I don't think. All right, so did, uh, I think Councillor Menlal also would remember him as well. So, um, second point is covenants on land. Uh, could you just explain the, 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 the difference between planning? Private property rights are not valid planning considerations at all. Uh, and just for information, uh, covenants of this nature are frequently uh, dispe dispensed with by agreement, no doubt payment, uh, but if not, they can be dealt with by the Lands Tribunal and removed. But that it, they are not at all a, va a valid planning consideration. Right, Councillor Davy. Uh, first of all, perhaps I should declare uh, an interest in as far as I uh, that Nicholas Belcher has acted for me in the past, but there's no connection as far as this site's concerned. Secondly, um, I, uh, we did have a site visit when Church View was constructed, and it appears that Church View has changed quite not noticeably um, from what we might have envisaged at the time. I would really like to see us have another site visit uh, to, 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 to look at this site uh, in relation to everything around it. Can I remind you that this is in the village development limits, yes, and that is something we I need, appreciate to, that, uh, no, we no. need to, to remember. Yep. Um, it has been proposed for a site visit, Councillor Mackman. And the reasons for it? Councillor Davy, the reasons for your site visit. The reason for the site visit is that it appears that uh, um, other, other developments have been uh, taking place and have exceeded the height that they were originally going I to do. I don't think, no, you've got to have something with regard well, it's, to it is, plot. It, 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 it is overdevelopment, in my view. No, no, you've got... <laughs> that's, that's visual, that's sorry, let me help you. You have to... Visual impact. That's right. To assess the impact right. of the development. The <laughs> you can't make a statement that, in your view, yes. Right. Do you accept that as the, as the right? As before, we can have no more discussion on this. I will go to the vote. All those in favour of a site visit, please share. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those against, please share. One, two. Three. Three, sorry. Those abstaining? Two. Two. Right, it will be dealt with at a site visit next time. Um, and now, Mr. Theobald, it's the last one you're going to present today, and I'm afraid, Jan, you're going to leave. Yes. Okay, the next one is UTT 143257, Littlebury, and Mr. Theobald, you're going to take this for us, and Council Manel has already left. Thank, thank you, Chair. Um, the application relates to a carport which is to be placed on the frontage hard standing of this converted barn which, if I show you the uh, context of the site, uh, this is the site uh, surroundings, that's the barn, and uh, just in the front here would be the location of the carport um, with a hedge boundary to the <coughs> other side. 
going back to the dimensions, it's really as per the report, um, it will have an open frontage and uh, you can see here just about that uh, it would have a ridge height consistent um, with the dropped ridge line of the extension on the right hand side of the building and uh, as you can see there it would have an equal pitch on the roof. Uh, the application has been subject to pre-application discussions by the Council's Conservation Officer um, with the applicant uh, to try and resolve um, the um, issue of design, bearing in mind that it is a uh, commercially listed um, building to uh, the larger farmhouse adjacent. And this is the accepted design pre-application stage which has now been submitted for formal approval to the council and uh, as such there are no design objections to this scheme, uh, no specialist design objections and uh, in accordance with the um, uh, officer report um, the officer recommendation is one of approval where there are no amenity objections um, to the next door neighbour. So recommended for approval chairman. Thank you. Councillor Martin. Thank you very much. Uh, obviously, I've thought long and hard about this one. It was a tough decision, but uh, I think that everybody agree that uh, we should accept the, this and uh, propose it for approval. I have a seconder for that. Councillor Perry, does anybody else wish to speak? Okay, we will go to the vote. All those in favour, please. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted a bit of understanding in what the Councillor Mackman said. He said everybody agreed. I think he just... As I understood it, he said I thought long and hard about yeah. it, and I hope everybody agrees. I'm sorry, I did hear the word I hope in there. I think it was an amusing <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's subjective. Well, I, I thought I heard the word, 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 word hope. Um, it was... Seconded. Let us go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Unanimous. I will close the meeting at 20, just before 25 past 5. Could I please say uh, you have now asked for two site visits. Can you all make sure you are available to have site visits on a Monday the... It's the 11th again. No, it's not. Monday the 9th of March. Okay. Monday, the 9th of March, there will be two site visits in the afternoon for the two site visits that you have called. Okay? Afternoon. Yeah. Right, then would you like it at 1 o'clock? One o'clock? It depends on what other ones we have got, because I don't know, we may have some You might have some more. Preemptive. You can move it to the morning if you want to. Does that suit you? Oh, for goodness sake, Bob. Let's go to the fleur-de-lis. Yeah.